Blog Talk Radio. to all our listeners around the world. Welcome to the Cricket Show. Tonight, I'm pleased to be a host for another week, and we are joined by Mr. Dennis Pete. Good afternoon, Mr. Dennis. How are you, my brother? Good afternoon to you, Leon. I'm doing very well, thank you. And on a Sunday afternoon here in April, I think my focus right now would have to be on the unfortunate goings on down there in St. Vincent. Yes, indeed, we are. Our hope, uh, our prayers and thoughts are with those folks. But I yeah. don't know if you heard of any casualty. I know there must have been loss of well, property. No, Do so you? far I, so far I've heard that uh, there's been no uh, direct casualty. I know lives has been lost so far, although. Mm-hmm more than 14,000 people were due to be evacuated to surrounding islands and shelters. Um, Island refugees included Antigua, Barbuda, Barbados, Grenada, St. Lucia. Of course, I've seen a report where the Prime Minister of St. Vincent uh, was almost in tears because he was quite delighted to see the support and the open hand invitation that has been given to the people of St. Vincent by other Caribbean islands. So that is something well worth um, highlighting there. And, you know, uh, and uh, the Prime Minister, Mr. Gonsal, Dr. Gonsalves, he was in tears. He was overwhelmed by the support that was given to him by the other islands. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what a wonderful, yeah. wonderful um, gesture of kindness that has been expressed by the, the countries. Um, St. Kitts Nevis has also given, I understand, a promise to house some of the victims should they need, and all up the Caribbean islands. Uh, yes. It's a wonderful, it's, wonderful it's, time of getting together. But you know, one of the curiosity, of course, of this uh, eruption here, uh, Leon, is the fact that mm-hmm. uh, the local cruise ship or rather empty cruise ships have been brought in to help to transport the uh, victims, those being uh, moved to safety. 
and uh, the ship was described that uh, those being evacuated must first be vaccinated uh, or at least tested for COVID before they're allowed on the ship. So talk about having a little fly in the ointment there. Here you are, you're about to be burned to death by molten lava. And uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, first you must be vaccinated before you can board the ship. You know, that's one of those little... uh, you know. Without no further ado, Dennis, I'd love to give the show its blessing. You know, we usually start with a little prayer. Hopefully, it will help us through this evening's show. Dear Heavenly sure. Father, we come to you and ask your kindness and loving care as we go through another week of providing another cricket show. We trust that the show go on without any interruptions, and we pray that all the participants may enjoy the, the show and... Um, have the time to make their presentation as pleasant as possible. We pray especially for the ones who are sick, namely my dear wife Eunice, brother Eugene, Dr. Leroy Lashley, Dwayne Francis, Ruby Locke, Miss Ma Ruby, that is Audley's mama, Gabriel Francis, my sister Wentworth Francis, my brother Murchis Nesbitt, Ralston Otto, El Comido Willett, Everett Carter, Oliver Solomon, Connie Whitley, Dennis Kelman, Isilma Cornelius, uh, Ellie Matt, Willis Daniel, Mona Daniel, Phil Mohall Pike, Rosworth Bird, and all the others who have not expressed their concerns, Lord. We pray for them. We hope that you will just heal them and keep them in safe. We thank you for all that you have done for us in the past, and we pray that you just continue to bless us and let the show go on without any interrupt. We want to just welcome all these you pray in your precious name. Amen. Let's welcome Audley. Audley. Welcome. Good. Good evening, Audley. And we have Good evening, Leon. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Good evening to you, sir. I thought you I thought you said yeah. something else. No, I was saying this is on with us and um I was listening. I we have merchies also in the background as usual. So Okay, so once again, once again, good evening to you, Leon. Good evening to all my fellow panelists. And um, for the listeners throughout the world, it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all. And we are having some good news, good news this evening because we are having some rains. We haven't had any rains for quite a while. The place was dry and beginning to get brown. And we are having some beautiful showers right now and it's also cool, cool off the air. So, you know, very, very good thing happening right here for us. So we are hoping to have a very good show this evening. Stay with us. And back to Julia. And Maru yes, is doing before. good. I spoke, to, I spoke to her at length. Uh, she was in one of those talkative moods this, <laughs> this afternoon. So, so we talked for quite a while. You know, sometimes she goes, okay, everything is all right. And, and she's gone. But this time goes really <laughs> in a good mood. What a, yes. what, a, what, a, what a pleasure okay. it is to have a mother alive, man. I tell you, man. Yeah. you know, some of us don't know our mothers. And, uh, I just look to my aunt, Aunt Irene, all the time as my mother. But before we begin, mm-hmm. uh, I sent you a note I, about yes, our guest. Yes, I got it. Now, email, yes, email. Yeah. I want to tell all, yes, to, to um, language teachers from... Granger and Gregory Middle School over there in Illinois. 
Looking forward to hear them. They'll be on around about 7.30, right after the Walter Henry and anniversary and birthday hour. And just to mention also that that's of next week, our Walter Henry and birthday anniversary hour will commence at 6.30 p.m. so that we can make some other innovation to the show and, of course, do our programming nonstop. Without that, let me just go through the outline and then we can pick and choose what we want to discuss until then. Well, the India Premier League has started and two matches have been played and um, um, exciting, but not as exciting as I thought it would be earlier. I don't know if you agree with me. And, but hmm. <laughs> Mumbai Indians went down to the Royal Challengers. In Mumbai, started first or was sent in and made 159 for nine, the RCB. Finished with 160 for 8. And Kohli has gotten a win first match. And the Mumbai Indians have done so for a while. Win their first match. Calcutta Knight Riders, 187-6. Sunrisers, Hyderabad, 177-45. A win there for the Calcutta Knight Riders. Without Narayan, but with, of course, Russell. South Africa went down today to Pakistan, South Africa. Well, that was yesterday. South Africa scoring 188 for six. Pakistan replied with 189 for six, meaning that they lose a bunch of matches. And we'll tell you more about that later on in the show. The T20 Blast, as we spoke uh, time and time again, 123 matches, T20 matches starting June. To September the 18th, and we'll be covering that. Don't know what is coming over there in that virtual meeting whereby the, they were supposed to formalize the presidency of the West Indies Cricket Board, but we hope we'll hear before the show um, ends. County Championship, we are following that quite um, a lot because a few of our players, a few of our West Indian players, especially Azari Joseph. And yeah, Alzari Joseph, uh, he is in Worcestershire. And our captain, Mr. Bradford, he is suiting up for Gloucestershire. And then Commons, don't quite know where he is, but we'll get news on him lately. Later. Australia women, they have taken. The ODI series three matches to love after beating the South New Zealanders two to one in the um, the T20. The ICC World Championship, of course, most of you are aware that it will be played in um, England, June 18th to the 22nd. We keep those dates in mind. New Zealand are taking on the might of India, and New Zealand's. Uh, are due to tour England. They'll play two test matches, May the 25th to June the 14th. And Australia are due to tour the Caribbean in June to July. And Pakistan tour the West Indies July to August. And then it is hoped that the ICC T20 World Cup would, will be in October and November. Just keep these dates in mind. So that folks are aware what's happening in the world cricket. Bangladesh will be touring Sri Lanka 
that in April the 17th and ending May the 3rd. So it means that we'll tell you more about the results. And um, what we just want to offer all things here is condolences to all the people in St. Vincent once again and Western Cooker Board, they're standing with, with the people of St. Vincent as well in this time of disaster. And we hope that when we next hear from them, they will be in a position to say we'll be back to our normal selves. And those who are abroad will be free to come back home. So that's about it, Audley and Dennis. Anything, uh, Audley, Inside Edge? I know you usually have one that is okay. all the time. So the Inside Edge for the day. Among openers that have played the World Cup, the highest individual score in a match. I'm going to just give you the top four. 183 by Shwap Ganguly versus Sri Lanka. 188 not out by Gary Kirsten from South Africa. And um, that, this one's a very interesting score because his 188 not out surpasses Saviv's 181 record at the time in in. World Cup, it was 181, that, and then he fell one short of the overall record at the time, 189 by, of course. So he, he beat one record and fell short by one. So Gary Kirsten um, from South Africa, of course, 188 versus United Arab Emirates. Number two, Chris Gales. Chris Gales, 215 against Zimbabwe, time when he and Marlon Samuel set that World record 372 highest partnership anywhere in ODI. That's a record. And finally, the number one, El Limera Uno, Martin Gumpil. Not only is he is his score the highest by an opener, it's the highest score period in ODIs. 237 at all, and he did that by clobbering the West Indies bowling. So there we go. So we have Ganguly, Kirsten, Gale, and Martin Gumpil. That's what right. I call an opener's inside edge. Back to Back to Dennis, you may yes. have something in mind that you want to touch on before. Well, two, yeah. two points here, Leon. I think when you gave the IPL score, I just don't recall your uh, mentioning the Delhi Capitals and the Chennai Super Kings. Oh. I think the Delhi Capitals uh, defeated yes. Chennai by by seven wickets. Was that one I missed, or uh, because that's the I one where Dwayne? Dwayne... I, I have it in my notes. I might have missed it, but I, I thought you did because that was particularly interesting have, for me. Never, yeah, is it something that you need for me to go over, or because I, I no, might no, have no, 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 ah, yes. no. I just just Capital. wanted to bring just wanted to bring the record up that. Uh, we're interested because Dwayne Bravo obviously plays for, um, I think, the Chennai Kings, if I've got that correct. Uh, and uh, the other thing about the um, the IPL, I don't know whether you saw any of the matches, but there was one very notable catch, which in all the years that I've been involved in cricket, I've never seen it occur, but I've heard that it can be done. And this was where the... Uh, the fielder right on the edge of the fence was able to um, take a catch, throw the ball back up in the air, go out of the bounds, 
come back mm-hmm. on the field and make the catch a clean catch. This is the first time I've ever seen this done in uh, any form of cricket, though it is something that we have often heard about and discussed in, in some form or the other. And the, the other interesting... That, that, uh, is very pop, that is very popular in the, in the IPL. It happened many, many, many times, in, especially in the IPL. Okay. Well, that's and, not something... guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate, appreciate it oddly. I'd never seen it done, so I was really yeah. amazed to see it this time around. And the other okay. interesting little tidbits here, um, uh, Leon, mm-hmm. is that uh, the, the county championship in Hampshire, you, you mentioned earlier, I saw that Hampshire scored a massive 612 for five declared and uh-huh. end up beating, beating their opponents by an innings and 105 runs. But the key to that was, of course, um, Vince, who scored 231 runs for Hampshire, and he had two compadres who scored 119 outs up and Dawson, who scored 152 runs. So that was very, very remarkable for, and all came about in about 100 overs. Either the field was very small or uh, they were going great guns, but that was a super, super effort and the part of a county championship. Yeah. Looking over my notes, I I did not call the the score. I didn't have it in my notes. Somehow or the other, I I missed it completely. But... um, Mm. It was a good match. It was a super match. The, um, yes. We we had uh, our youngster, Hetmeyer. He was playing, but I Shaw. Shaw and um, the other open, left hand opener for India. They, they did a massive opening partnership, over 100. And uh, it was it was a great, great match. Privet Shaw. Privet Shaw. Young Shaw. Yeah, he, he is in... He reminds me his shape is somewhat like Lara, but he's being right-handed boy. But he is <laughs> no Shaw is left. Shaw is right-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he's right-handed. Shaw is right-handed. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. he he is he has improved. Tell you, uh, tell you, man, that I wish we had an opener that could too can bat like him. I'm telling you. Yeah, he does. In the, in the series in Australia, though, he was dropped because um, he, he was woefully um, out of touch when it comes to the, the, um, the Australian pace bowlers, and he made quite a few low scores, some first or second ball ducks. So he, you know, but, but he's a guy who play, who play, play all versions uh, of the game. So um, if, if he's failing in one, he can uh, produce in, in other forms. And he was left out still in the squad, but he, he didn't play. Uh, any more of the test matches, but um, he's still very young, just about 21 years old, and um, yeah. so there's a lot, there's a lot to go where his um, career is concerned. Yeah, yes, but weren't he also involved with a little incident as well too? Not only that before, and he was laid up. I think I'm not if my memory serves me. Yes, right, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. I don't remember what it, but I remember. I remember that. I just said that now. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But he has all the shots, and he plays them with such so much timing. He has so much time to play shots. You know, as a schoolboy, as a schoolboy, as a schoolboy, mm-hmm. I think he once made over 600 runs. As a schoolboy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he he's a prolific scorer. Yeah, but we wish him well. We wish it. Well, our guys, well, Pollard failed. I think he made seven. Uh, Hetmeyer yeah. didn't take the ball. Russell Russell made five, and he got a, a good. He took one wicket. One wicket. And he but he bowled. Three overs first. Yeah, he bowled well. Yeah, he mm-hmm. bowled at the depth, and he was really effective. I don't know if you saw that, Dennis, but. Uh, but the one I the one I did see was the Pollard. I mean, and I have a question for you on that one. Is he accustomed to batting that low down in the order in, in, in the IPL? Because I thought he came in rather late. So when he came in, he really didn't have many... He came in at five or six. He came in at five or six. I think it's six he came in. Yeah. Uh, right. I thought he was... I, for, for the kind of cricket they're playing, I thought he was rather low down in the order because when he came in, there were probably, what, four or five overs remaining, I, I seem mm-hmm. to recall. So... But you know you you that, that is when he usually that is the how he when he usually comes in because yeah. of the sort of hitter he is um, right in the last part of the game then it, they just take away the, the game from from the bowlers so um, mm-hmm. he's usually don't come in at that time uh, especially because of his hitting yeah mm-hmm. I think he, he was in his right position and depending on how many overs uh, how many wickets they have lost and how many overs. Uh, right. Gone probably may promote him as the case may be, but uh, he wasn't was in, in himself yesterday. So he did not he must be few time in the ball a lot. Obviously, a bit rushed. No. So is, is Bra- does Bravo play as a all rounder, as a batsman, or as a bowler? Uh, mainly all as rounder. a bowler, as a, but he okay. is uh, an all rounder. He's bowling all rounder. I think he is. Because he's batting much lower down in the order now. Did he bat right. yesterday? I think he batted yesterday, but he was uh, able I, to. I, he was able to get a wicket, and when 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 all broke loose, they were, I wondered if the if Donny should not have brought him in earlier in 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 the pop. He, he, he didn't. He, he did not bat, but he bowled one four overs for one for twenty eight. Yes, he got a crucial wicket too when they were going. They, they seemed like they were going past 200, and then he he, he curved the run the run clock and um, got the wicket. The wicket. I think he got uh, Shaw. I think Shaw got the, the wicket he he got. But um, yes, Bravo still has it. He's he was able to contain. He he's a real good container and. And Russell too is learning to do the same. So, and uh, who are our other players up there weren't on show yesterday? Well, we didn't have uh, Jason Holder who sat today out. And who else we have? Bradford is not there. Oh, Carlos Bradford is he there? I'm not too sure. But no, um, no. But who else we have as? Uh, um, a guy from Jamaica, a guy from Jamaica there, they, they all own. Fabian Allen. Oh, Allen, yes. Allen is uh, in the same team with, with Holder, too. Sunrisers, Hyderabad. Yeah, they, they were bench warmers today. Again, I think he will learn from his experience, but probably will have the chance to be a fielder, emergency fielder. But I don't see them 
picking him a dog. Uh, sorry to say, but... One of these matches was very exciting in the end because I think the winning team won by with just one ball to spare. Literally, it was down to no, the wire. No, one on the last ball. One on the last ball. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Which, which one was this? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember what. I, I, I look up the scores that, and stuff. because That is the Mumbai Indians versus the Royal Challengers Hyderabad. Falcon and Knight Riders. No. The Royal Challenge okay. and oh. RCB and the Mumbai Indians. When Hector came in and he didn't even face the ball. Because there's only well, one Royal yeah. yeah. When Calcutta Knight Riders, um, you know, batted also, um, mm-hmm. they made 187 for six. Uh, uh, and, um, oh, oh, the next one. No, 187 yeah. for six and one. And then, and then the next one oh, was all over to the last ball, the 177 for yeah, five. Yeah, so, but it was exact 20 overs, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well the innings closed because they went ball out, six and five. Yeah. It. But it's teaming up to be a good, exciting tournament. I, I don't feel it yet. I don't feel it like how when we felt the tournament in the Caribbean. When they, when they I, I am yet to watch a match because, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, as a matter of fact, I did not remember. Um, mm-hmm. When I woke up, when I woke up early in the morning, I saw the the, the thing flash on my on my, my phone or my iPad, um, give me the score, and I said, "Wow, why did I didn't remember they were gonna start this morning?" So um, I, I'm yet to watch a match. Um, maybe in the morning, God willing, uh, Wait, may get up and, and, and watch. They, they start at 10:30, you know, so you have time. 10:30 in the day. Yeah. Well, well, the, the first it's... one was early. The first one was very early. And the, the, the Mumbai, Mumbai, and uh, and um, the opening match that was early, one of them. So um, well, let's say it, Jatin. To... Jatin, Jatin was there, you know, <laughs> in person. Mm-hmm. Jatin, we have uh, Audley and Dennis on. Good evening to you. Yes, good evening, Audley, Dennis, and Leon. Good evening, Jatin. Good evening to you, Jatin. And we have Ivan listening and Merch is also listening. And uh, yeah, so as as we were saying, um, we, we uh, some of us haven't gotten the feel yet of the IPL. Have you? Yes, uh, I was able to watch the first highlight between uh, Mumbai Indians and Bangalore. And then I was able to watch yesterday and today. All three mm-hmm. good games so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing is that the tone that this tournament will be much better than all previous tournaments in two terms. Looks like there is a plenty of players now well experienced and know what this IPL is about. And uh, it's more than now professional, the way they are handling this uh, uh, situation of T20. And that is the reason all these three games really went well. It's a 180 plus, but still you can look at the people chase down. That means this is 100% really tough tournament this year. Very hard to say who will be leading to get into the playoffs. You cannot play the game like a favorite, right? I was upbeat for the Mumbai Indians as always. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunately we see that only one over, last over, 
when the one bowler came out, instead of giving 15, 20 runs, which is normal case in uh, T20, here he ended up the wicket without giving out too many runs. So this is the thing we have to watch out for. The game is changing. The talent has been improved. And we are expecting a very competitive game all the way. And looking at the rosters, I will say, this particular year, it's a very good roster. I will say balanced roster. Every team has a couple of players who are potential to win the game on any given day. And the beauty, they are bringing now another, uh, uh, I will say, option into this cricket now. It's a very surprising, but we have to all have to consider the way the T20 is moving forward. Until now, we used to say that if the T20 gives the opportunity to the inexperienced players or the new players or the youth player who can come out into this big arena and uh, make some noise, well, if you look at the today's game, Harvajan Singh is back after a couple of yeah. years, right? Yeah. And he yeah. got the opportunity to bowl very first over. Mm-hmm. And he will not believe it. He had barely given, I think, uh, one single. And on the fourth ball, there was a drop catch of Warner yeah. from Australia. So if you look yeah. at it, even this senior player, even people in 40s, like Gale and a couple of other players are 20 is looks like balancing off between experience, age and talent. And that's what we need to watch out for because even these experienced players who we think they may be a little bit less on fitness compared to the young fellows, but don't forget they have more experience than the young ones. So this will be the matter of uh, fight in every game. Sometimes we might see advantage goes to the talent. Sometimes we go advantage to the experience. And uh, honestly, in my opinion, experience wins. And that's what we're going to look out for this IPL. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Kohli, Kohli. Mumbai Indian loss, I, I believe, when, when they drop a couple catches and Kohli should have been run out too early. I don't know if you saw that. He could. He was dropped. And I then he was, yeah. He yeah, was. It, it is, and uh, it's a very early to predict anything on any team. I will say because uh, mm-hmm. I will say uh, the first uh, ten days, or I will say first two games for each team, I will consider as a warm up, getting into the momentum, and uh, looking into the what's the future ahead for the next six weeks. And with that said, I will say we can expect some uh, issues like drop catches. I think it's all three games had some issues in a fielding and catching situation. And I don't see that quick uh, running between the wickets yet. And I believe down the road we are expecting those quick uh, runs. Uh, Chennai Super Kings is known for it because they got the Dhoni, one of the fastest, right? And they have a Suresh Raina, so there's a uh, Sam Curran. So they have like a couple of guys who can sprint uh, for the quick singles. And uh, it will take a couple of games by the time they pick up the momentum and come to the fullest capacity. I, I don't hear anything. I don't hear nor see Narayan. Is he still with the RCB? It is still with the KKR. 
but I think uh, the situation will be, I'm not sure what the strategy is, but most of the talented spinners are in KKR. They got the Harbhajan Singh today. They had mm-hmm. a Sakib Al-Hassan, the all-rounder from Bangladesh, was in the team. They yes. also have another spinner from Afghanistan. Then you have Sunil Narain. So if you look at it, I think the strongest team in a spinning department is the KKR. KKR. And now I believe they might be balancing up between the senior players. I will say Harbhajan will be person uh, they might replace with the another spinner. Depends on the situation. Uh, looks like the tactic is very clear here. They have the Surin Narayan and Harbhajan Singh is the right arm bowlers. Then you have Sakib Alasan and the other spinner are the left armers. And uh, these are the different variety spinners. I would say Sunil Narayan has a more uh, uh, variation in his bowling in terms of the quicker balls and those, where the Harbhajan is a little bit different when it's coming to the flighted deliveries and uh, tossing up, or we can say, Dusra, the typically confuse you, other side of the googly, I will say. So they have a lot of variation, and uh, team management might go with the who is their opponent on a given day to bring those spinner in. But they got, I will say, one of the best teams in terms of the spinning department this year. It's, it's early yet, but based on what you see and the teams that you, you and the, the rosters, do you think, who are you, you favor to take the championship? Can the Mumbai Indians do a repeat? Well, still, I will say, when I say I go behind the experience, the Mumbai Indian has advantage, and that's my favorite team. End mm-hmm. of the day, they have a more talented players who can win the game on any given day. We can't just go by this first game, but there's a lot of potential, and Mumbai Indian has been improved now with a couple of good changes this year. And uh, we have to see when they come out with the full strength, right? It's the first... Uh, game uh, did not go well to their plan because uh, it was unfortunate that uh, instead of uh, Clinton Decock, they had to put in Chris Lynn and there was a little bit confusion between running between the wicket between Chris Lynn and Rohit Sarma and that's what it called them the wicket, right? So now we have to see those little things at this level those little things can happen but on the other side, the experienced players will make uh, adjustments. And what I'm expecting is that once they sorted out these little issues, like, hey, we need to avoid this, we need to avoid this, they will be the toughest opponent to beat. Dennis, what say you? Yes. I, uh, well, uh, I'm going back to, um, to Jason. I want to ask a question. I noticed that they're having this, uh, this break time, I cannot recall how they describe it, but it looks more like a timeout situation in the, uh, during the match. When do they call these, do you know, and for how long, and why is it there in the game? Maybe you can explain to us, you know, and uh, educate me a little bit on that particular point. Jatin? Jatin, are you there? Yes, I am here. I'm here. Yeah, did you hear the question? Yeah, I got it. I got it. The first thing we have to understand the T20 format and what are the stages where they heavily go behind runs or they change their gears in terms of uh, 
batting. So let's say first decision is the power play. The first six overs are very important, where the team usually try to grab as many as runs they can if you are going for the win, or if you are fielding, this bowler has to contain the batsman and try to take a few wickets to put the pressure on the team. So because of that situation, it is a critical time after the six overs that you may need a timeout and to talk. And there might be signal is coming from outside and convince you or tells you what's need to be done in stage two. So there is a first timeout. They usually go to the batting side. They call it a strategic timeout. And it's about, I think, two minutes at the most. But that is the break it gives to change the gear, have a water break, quick chat with the outside staff, and the batsman can get the signal what's needed, and they go for the phase two. Now, the uh, first strategic timeout is allowed to be anywhere after six to nine overs. So the earliest one you can take is as soon as the power play is over, or you can wait until the ninth over is done, and then you can take the break. That is the batting side. Then we got to look into the fielding side. Their serious business comes in a place one-third of the last game, which is the last six overs, the 14th overs, right? So that is the reason they have another strategic time, I believe between 13 and 16, something like that. And Mm -hmm. that gives the fielding side the opportunity to get our water and uh, some uh, command from outside and let's go ready for the remaining one-third part of the game. So if anything needs to be done, they can do it according to the plan. And we have to consider the physical fitness standpoint side. These are the highly intense game. It's a very aggressive situation, and it takes a lot for the players to keep continue running for 20 overs. And... Because of that, it makes sense to have the two breaks in between at every one-third session of the game, which is about six, seven hours. They're offering the break if you want to take it. And that is a good thing to have, at least. And that's a way to have the better performance. Let's welcome Mr. McKenzie. And his break is two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes is break. Yeah, they they put the counter a bit late. But I like the discussion. So let's continue. Okay, Mr. I, McKenzie, I have a thank you. Mm. Follow-up, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Follow-up. I, I, I've observed in the early matches a lot of drop catches. Mm-hmm. Can, is, is this unique to um, the IPL, or is it just that it's the early season and guys are not physically there? What's going on? Why so many drop catches this early in, in, in games? It's a, it's a matter of momentum, I call it. They are switching gear or the style of play, especially for, uh, let's say, India. They are coming out of that uh, huge tournament against uh, England. They had initially the test match, and then they went to the uh, ODI and T20. But here is, uh, we call it a time needed to get adjusted with the new team. Because IPL is not the existing team like India. We have a couple of guys in every team coming from foreign countries. They need to get used to with the player situation. Uh, I will say a couple of uh, 
incident when the catches were dropped uh, it's either player is not ready yet or player has been in a wrong spot the fielding strategy side right so it takes little bit time to figure out who can give you the best at certain position in fielding it it's a team management situation number 2 you can expect uh, some uh, catches you feel like it came to the both hands but they were not hold on to it it's happening because of the reason if you look at the ipl the more powerful strokes is coming in this tournament batsmen are hitting really hard compared to normal odi or test and in that sense it takes a very quick response from the players to go for the catches and it's a very difficult time to do it uh number two reason on these catches especially they are playing in uh, southern india all these initial uh, ipl games so there is a new factor as well as uh, towards the second half you don't expect uh, too much uh, control on the ball in terms of gripping because when the ball is getting wet because of the dew or sometimes is because of the weather when the players are sweating you can see is here in chennai their shorts if somebody is batting for let's say 3 4 hours you can see his shirt is completely under water and that that is what happens it's very hard to control the ball so when you see even someone has two hands it takes a lot to grab those catches when the ball is little bit slippery or not able to comfortably control them and you can judge that one from another symptom is you can see a lot of fielders out there having a towel on their back they are keeping that extra hand towels to clean the ball or wipe it the ball or sometimes to clean their own hands so th- this is like ongoing it will take couple of game to get adjusted and uh, i believe within 15 days the temperature in india is goes up so anything you do in a may will be very exciting than what we see in april thanks let's let's see if mr mckenzie has a question yes i have a question on the matter of overseas players taking part in ipl is there rationing on that nowadays yes they have limited number of players in 11 there is a formula it's a standard i believe 3 or 4 at the max something like that and they have certain number of players from the national team which is the india and then they have to mix it up with a couple of spot for the emerging players or the people who are not on official contract sort of things but it's a balance out uh, just like the england county cricket used to be where they used to bring the foreign players and used to play for county but he cannot have the entire team or more than half from the foreign players and that's what the ip has the same standard for all teams i believe it's uh, three or four for each team in a playing 11 jetin on that topic i noticed that um, and the number of te- um, players that are being recruited from the west indies that the west indies cricket board and then the clubs also get remunerated for their participation in the tournament how about other tournaments in the world do they do the same thing give uh, an amount to the western cricket on some well i believe i i believe the i call it the protocol the style of contract is a very similar where mm-hmm. the national governing body when they give them the uh, we call it uh, 
no objection certificate noc to play NOC, that tournament yeah. they they are a part of it and uh, i'm not sure on financial terms but as far as uh, my resources concern and uh, collection of information as well as knowledge in my opinion ipl pays the top notch amount because that's a high price tournament compared to all other tournaments in the world mm-hmm. in terms Thank of you. the money right and because of that that is the reason ipl has a lineup when they go to draft those players right under the auction you can yep. see enrollment is a crazy 500 600 players apply for it and the filter down to about uh, 300 i would say but on the other side the biggest thing you need to look into is uh, how many players they are retaining if you see playing for the same franchise for example i will say kolar from west indies is playing for mumbai right then he has rohit sharma yes then uh, we have uh, uh, we call it uh, dhoni is playing yeah. for chennai super kings kohli is playing for bangalore so if you look at this uh, strategy of these teams is not about just high paying they are retaining those player for longer time not only that you got to look into the second situation every year how many number of players they are retaining and in that case ipl is at the top of the world right now compared to all other leagues including cpl and uh, bas league in australia and a lot of other small tournaments i think ipl ranks at the top in terms of the average number of players retained in each team and that is the beauty what that mean is they have those consistent performance they believe they are good for the team they are keeping them for the next year and when you do that you have less number of new players coming into the system just to do a patchwork sometimes they need a sort of some talent to bring in team for a winning team or they usually replacing somebody who did not do well and they let it go and bring the new guy to come into but overall i will say it's a very good uh, professionally run uh, tournament and that is the reason is uh, taking a really high rank right now mm-hmm. but over in south africa the fans are balling why because pakistan has no player have no players in the ipl that is a statement and and uh, south africa players have gone and left them in the middle of a Uh, a contest between south africa and and of course pakistan when so when is enough uh, to see this end that pakistan is an indian can play together and they can be involved into into the ipl as well and let the tournament go on and leave the wars and rumors of wars uh, aside put that, put that aside and the play begin What say you get in? Well, uh, again I think this is the very uh, disappointing topic to talk because everyone has a different opinion and I don't blame on that and I don't want to get into the argument either but this is not uh, something uh, we like it or we love it as a sports fan or being involved in a sports right it is something happening between the two countries that's right has their own stands a long time now doesn't allow them what else we can do is is not something again as i said is not us 
and uh, looking at the situation from the last uh, i will say 7 8 years i don't see in the near future india will be playing against pakistan anywhere in the world they right. might be very limited to the world cups and champions trophy by the way champion trophy is gone now no more it's only world no cup more. now mhm no more championship yes that's right what is the pity Leon, Leon, go ahead Leon, following up go ahead we we you're in and out dennis in with the uh, pakistan south africa going and two additional injuries means that the south african team is really stretched but the the, the main question is that the um, administrators in south africa did give these five players you know leaves to go and play in the ipl and i'm just wondering why that came about so well it appears easy either they did not or should not have arranged a um, a, a tournament you know the 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 series between south africa and 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 um uh, and uh, pakistan at the time they did or was there some arm twisting to allow five leading players to go off to the ipl what what's going on there well it is not just south africa you have to look or west indies side too and i will say any country this is the very important decision they have to make even sakib alasan is playing from bangladesh initially his noc was rejected then it was reviewed and finally he granted to play ipl right same thing with couple of players from england uh in my opinion this is the very good thing to do i will say let it go certain players to play ipl because we have to understand if you want to increase the engagement and participations means the more player involved for the national side with the interest where most of the country has a plenty of talent waiting in a line on the bench to look for the opportunity and uh, this is is a good win-win situation for all if couple of senior players goes to this ipl that means the inexperience and new people going to have opportunity back home in the national side uh the another thing they need to look into is to see how important series they are playing in international cricket compared to the ipl that's another stands it's a came out to the very good discussion about why these certain players are picking up the ipl over the regular test or something like that so then you need to give the importance on the two factors uh, honestly speaking one the level if it is just regular test series i will say let it go and play someone else the new people like the west indies did right and then uh, ipl is the matters on a personal players perspective because some of the players can make more money in ipl than they can make in a test or odi so again it's a win win situation depends how we look at it but i believe it's beneficial to all by doing this system yeah i can probably run some domestic tournaments in the meantime and don't have any international fixtures in that period i think that's how western is of chapter there there i program. think that's a good good suggestion there yeah yeah Yeah, that is that is the reason if you look at it if you look at this uh, let let's take these uh, three major tournament one in australia one in uh, west indies the cpl in ipl if you look at the overall 
the world cricket calendar. I think IPL is, they call it, slowest season of the year. You don't expect too many teams in international cricket playing. means they find the nicest window where the majority of the players are available. Not only that, even there is a, some schedule conflict. It's not for the entire IPL. Somebody may have to miss a couple of weeks in front. Someone may have to miss something in the middle. Some may have to miss a couple of weeks in the last, towards the end of the tournament. So if you look at the overall, I believe IPL deserves a separate window with absolutely no other international cricket because that's how the popularity is growing overall. But Pakistan is going to resume in the PSA in June. I think June the 1st. So it's going to clash again with um, the IPL. And, but some of the players who are in the IPL are not in the PCL, PSL. But no, there, is, there is no direct uh, conflict. As soon as the IPL is over, I believe there is a, I think, one or two-week time before that uh, starts. And top of that, uh, PSL don't have that it's many foreign yeah, sure, players yeah. like the IPL does, right? And then uh, yeah. if you look at it, uh, the another key feature in this uh, IPL and any uh, T20 tournament you compare is uh, basically the travel time. Mm-hmm. If you look at the map, Pakistan area means going one city to another city is a less hectic and panic than you travel in India. India's problem. The so, Jay, 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 small. Yeah, go ahead. Do, uh, a retired player from India cannot participate in a match in Pakistan? If he, he got a well, uh, I, think, I think in uh, my knowledge, there is absolutely no way to have somebody have a granted visa to go Pakistan. I think that matter is over. Oh, Whether okay. you want to watch the game, or play the game, right? So the part two, when you say is the BCCI is allowed to let them play, I think it's not exist. If you don't get visa, what's the point of talking the second exactly. part, whether he'll be allowed to play or not, right? Mm-hmm. Again, that decision belongs to government. And because of that situation, we don't expect anyone from India playing in Pakistan or we don't expect anyone from Pakistan side playing in IPL. And I don't know how long this stands going to go up. And uh, the one uh, good thing, what I look at it as a, like, whatever is happening is for good with the God willing, is more these two countries wait to face each other. The next series will be at high romance and value. It will be crazy series. If they play after 10 years or 15 years, you will see the crowd how much they are picked up to watch these two teams. We, we call okay. it the high-octane game. More you wait, it's a high-octane game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Mackenzie, any questions? Is he on? Mackenzie? Okay, let me see. Yes. My, my, yes, my question is that, I, I, Rema, I know it's a long Many, many, many years now since India and Pakistan are at war. But when my guy there, I think he's Imran Khan, one of them became president or uh, something Prime like Minister. that, I would have hoped 
that that would have stopped detention and and begin to build a little relationship. I don't know where it is going. I don't know what is going on, on, on under the under the table. But do you have any idea if there's anything going on anywhere to sort of a patch up relationship between India? That thing has been going on too too darn long now. What do you think? Well, it's uh, very hard to say anything about that time frame between these two countries. The history speaks itself. They had the first war in 1948. They did not play for a while between them. And then you got another hic- uh, hiccup in 1961. And then it came out in 1971 again with the Bangladesh situation. At a one point in 1976, I believe they played after almost 16 years gap between these two countries, and India visited Pakistan. And then again, we had a small break of last 10 years. This is the ongoing break is the largest one, but I don't count that one as the largest break because India and uh, uh, Pakistan did play in Champions Trophy. They did play in uh, World Cup. So this is not something they are completely disconnected. But the bilateral series in each other's country is definitely going to take the long haul. And particularly at the moment, the way we read and the way the situation is going through corona, I do not expect anything in the next two, three years. It's going to be more than that. No doubt the both government is talking. We are not sure what negotiation need to be and how soon they can iron out that situation and bring back these, uh, at least the sports activities between these two countries. But till then, I think we have to live with it. It's the government laws. It's not the something sports governing body doing it or ICC is doing it. Yes. Thank so, Jatin, we have two language teachers coming on around. Where did you get these French and Spanish teachers from? And I tell you, are they uh, by the way, for the panelists, we're going to have the two, uh, we call it the foreign language teachers. One of them is a Spanish teacher, another one is a French teacher, and uh, they are coming on board for today to discuss about school cricket, and uh, our panelists will have the opportunity to ask them the questions. Let's try to limit uh, to their interest, how they get into the cricket or what they're doing in cricket, what else help they got, what they expect from this uh, club. They are doing it for eight years. I was fortunate to be part of this program for last uh, three years, I will say. And uh, last fall, I did a lot of uh, virtual in-class webinars for them where the students were at home and looking for some activities to keep up with the cricket. So we did some quiz, some challenges, some of the educational sessions, and some uh, practical sessions where we give sort of assignment which they can do at home with either bat or ball. And the teachers are also learning. But the good thing is these two teachers came to this uh, cricket. They started learning while they're coaching the young kids. And I was fortunate to provide the more help needed as they make a progress. And... Uh, Lately, they are doing really good. Their club is growing, 75-plus kids this year. And last mm. weekend, they had a first session, and 51 kids show up with the mask on. They maintain their social distance. 
and played the game, outdoor game. And that's uh, exciting stuff. To me, this is my vision to educate Americas for the cricket. And when I see the American-born teachers who never exposed to the cricket and they are learning from us and they're trying to teach this game to their scholars for many years to come, it takes a lot when they appreciate our effort. And tonight we're going to have opportunity to discuss their journey, their interest, and what they're doing. And also we are trying to promote not just to teachers, but it's a good example. If we train more teachers in this country, this game can fly. So we will definitely have opportunity to join with Cindy and Kathy. Cindy is uh, coming from uh, South, uh, South America, I will say, and she's a Spanish teacher, where the other lady is a French teacher. Okay. And they will be on at 7.30. We have plans yes, to take them uh, Initially, initially, Cindy was only coming out, and then Kathy is uh, her. Uh, they are both doing the same program. And when I was discussing, both wants to come. So I says, why don't we give extra 20, 25 minutes so we can have enough time to interact with each teacher rather than we limit ourselves in a time frame. So let's get ready around 7:30, and we will take hour and a half between the two teachers, or until we run out questions. I will say. Yeah, thank you so much, Jatin. And, and well, until we meet again, right? Okay, no problem. I'll be back around 725. Okay, thank you. When you hear that music, you know what? And it's the Walter Henry anniversary and birthday. Oh! Special, let's say it's special, or special. And it's the time when audience tells us to all her birthdays today and any significant occasion. So, who are amazing over? Okay, thank you, Leon. And uh, yes, as you already said, the music suggests we're having the Stanford Walter Henry birthday and anniversary hour. It's time when we take a look at the cricketing fraternity. When we give a shout-out, happy birthday time, when you also can call in with your birthdays and anniversaries, 515-605-9850, 515-605-9850. Welcome to the Walter Henry birthday and anniversary hour. And, of course, as we go along, some occasional footnotes. Okay, today is April, April the 11th. Wow. We're... The months are flying too. So it's 11th of April, 2021. Cricketers having birthday today. Jeffrey Stormeyer from the West Indies, of course, former captain. He left us in 1989. Everton Mattis, Jamaican stylist. Uh, yep, he is still with us. He's 64 years old today. Otto Salisbury, Otto Salisbury from England. Back from me, way back in the 18, 1856. Um, but Ian Bell, he's still with us. Former top class batsman player, had like 105 test matches for England. He's 39 years old today. And we have Gavin Bryant from Zimbabwe. He's 52 years old today. Bob Massey from Australia. And Scott Borland from England. 
Well, he's Are 32 we, years we, old we, today. Oh, we hold a while for me because we have some background noise. We ask the folks to be in a quiet place because it's interrupting. Or hear the talking at the background. You guys are hearing it as well? Yes. Yeah, you don't tell me it's an hour radio going in the background. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not high, but I can I can hear a little, little bit. It's not really high. How much loud here and my, my head in the studios? Okay. So, guys, can you do that for us and help? Because it's going around all over the world and people are hearing this. So, it's a little difficult. Help us to keep the show clean. Okay. From South Africa, we have Marcia Latolio. Uh, 37 today. From Kenya, Serene Waters. Waters, 31 years old today. From New Zealand, umpire Billy Bowden. He is still a young man, 58 years old. And we have Minilama Sigal, female cricketer out of India. She's 56 years old today. We are Shogab Kapoor the host of Extra Innings. It's a cricket program. You can watch the podcast, Extra Innings. 40 years old today. The 12th, um, tomorrow, Brian Lara completed his 400 runs against England in Antigua, 2004. He did that, and it was 10 years to the day when he made his 375 against, guess who? Same England. And today's the birthday, I mean, tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow will be the birthday of a man called Delroy Thompson and but you won't recognize him by that name if we say Pinchers the entertainer out of Jamaica Pinchers will be celebrating his birthday tomorrow Rafik Zumadin out of Trinidad and Dwayne Smith from Barbados will be celebrating Jeff Cobb um, the oldest test debutant made his debut at 40 years and 56 days. And we have jo- Johan Laws from South Africa. Uh, Kabi Khan from Pakistan. Vinod Mankad from India. Fred Barrett from England. Adele Spence, female cricketer out of Ireland. And Glenn Rogers from Scotland. For the 13th, Sammy Wood. Morris Shavers, Chris Britt, and Jack Potter, all from Australia. Mohammed Amir, Ashabib Khan, Pakistan. Adam Mel- Melin, and Peter Cowan from uh, New Zealand. And we have um, the brothers Matatumba, Matatumba Zoo. <laughs> Skip that one. Uh, Everton and Darlison, the both brothers from their twins from. Zimbabwe, Samuel Brickett from Ireland as well will be celebrating on the 13th. For the 14th, Pat Pincock, Los Bosman, Jean-Pierre Domini, we will call him J.P. Domini, all from South Africa. Kyle Kutzer from Scotland, Bob Massey, Craig McDermott, McDermott Sid, Sid Gregory, and uh, all from Australia, Charles Amini from Papua New Guinea, and we have Adrian Barak from Trinidad, Lionel Brickett from Barbados, Audrey Collins and Susie Rowe from England, Asiful Islam from Bangladesh, Arilal Shaw from East Africa, and Umar Gold from Pakistan. For the 15th 
Um, we have the highest partnership put on by the two West Indian um, great openers, Greenwich and Haynes, where they put on 1990. Greenwich playing in his 100th test match. He scored 149 and Haynes 140, 167. And they both put on their biggest opening partnership of 298. Yes. And um, of course, they had four double hundred opening stand, but this one was the highest of them all. And uh, we go on to Jack the Ripper Noriega. He played on the four test matches. Yeah, but nine for 95 will forever stand out in our mind. Yep, Jack the Ripper Noriega playing. Nine for 99. And Darren Powell out of Jamaica. Uh, he played some 37 test matches, Liana. You know, he didn't get 100 wickets. 37 test matches. He didn't get 100 wickets. And we have the man out of Cotton Ground, Nevis. I will tell you, Livingston Sergeant, man from Cotton Ground. Yes, he'll be celebrating his birthday also on the 15th of April. John Bracewell and Ryan Burl. John Bracewell from New Zealand. Ryan Burl from Zimbabwe. James Foster from England. Almas Akram, female cricketer from Pakistan, along with Shabib Mansoor. Sami Bell from South Africa. Mansoor Pabakar from India. And we have Dave Gregory, the first man that was run out in Test cricket. Yeah, he was run out. 15th of March, 1877. First run out. Anybody ask you? Yeah, Dave Gregory. And Ashley Gardner also. Ashley Gardner, female cricketer from Australia. And we had Oshana, Oshada Fernando from um, Sri Lanka. And this day, also the day when Savib scored his then record, 56 ball century. Yep, versus England. Right there at the Antigua Recreational Ground. It was back in 1986. 56 balls to make 100. All right. So the 16th, we have entertainers Shaka Demos and Flyers. Um, Shaka Demos from the duo of Shaka Demos and Flyers. Yes, we'll be celebrating then. Uh, also, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We'll be celebrating on the 16th. Karen Stewart, Jamaican Sprinter females. Also, we have the anniversary with we the anniversary of Jackie and Noel Charles wedding anniversary, and Simon knows about that one. They'll be celebrating Simon's friends, Jackie and Noel Charles wedding anniversary on the 16th of this month. Uh, cricketer David Halford will be celebrating. You know the famous 365. Uh, for five from 95 for five along with Sir Garfield Sobers Salim Malik and Mansur Akhtar from Pakistan John King Fred Root from England along with Reginald Tip Foster yes the man who made the highest individual score as a debutant he made 287 yeah in his first time at bat and the second innings, he was out for 19. And all just play eight test matches. So, Reginald T. Foster still has that record. 
Uh, John Watkin from Australia, Daniel Finn from New Zealand, and um, Zain Abbas from Hong Kong. And finally, for the 17th Sizzler, Entertainment Sizzler out of Jamaica, um, we'll be celebrating the Saturday. Uh, we have Linda Oliver and Tamara Reeves from South Africa, Danish Mwanga from India, and we have Roger Toes and Andy McKay from New Zealand, Norman Cowens from England, who was born in Jamaica, Mansu Iqbal from Pakistan, and we have Matea Morlitteran, world record holder for wickets when it comes to test match, 800 wickets. And we have Ted White from Australia. And that's what I have here for you, Leon. Back to you. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Rodney. Wonderful compilation. And uh, talking about compilation, we have a guy who, who, who's, who I couldn't compile last week at all because the phone wouldn't allow me to take him and bring him in. So we're going to welcome Virgil. Virgil, good evening to you, sir. What's on your yes, mind? Good evening to Unless, and good evening to all the listeners. I guess maybe the COVID make the, the, was doing something to the phone, so that's why he couldn't get connected with me last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to tell us about your birthdays and anniversary and any significant occasion. Did you oh, well, see Cornwall? Yeah, I have one birthday. My nephew, Micah Flemius, who celebrated his birthday the 6th of this month, April, 6th of April. And that is, he celebrated on the 6th, and that was his 6th birthday. So, Micah, I just want to tell you happy, happy, happy birthday, which I already did, but fortunately he couldn't get to, to, to tune in to, to, to listen to tonight. But I just want to let him know happy birthday, and I wish him all the best, and many more to come. Okay. Nice no, to have him go in the archive. Let him go in the archive. Yes, I will surely do that. Yep. Thank Micah, you. Micah, Micah, Micah. Micah. Uh-huh. All right. Is he Francis or is it something else? No, Flemius. Uh, we have, me and my brother, we have different fathers. He's, he's, Fle- he's Flemius. Flemius. <laughs> okay, yes. Micah Flemius. Mr. Dennis, your, your time to give us your significant occasions or birthdays. Well, I want to wish those with birthday and anniversary at this time. You know, happy anniversary and remembrance. I personally have no anniversaries or birthdays in my family area or friends. So I will put it back to you, Leon. Yes, indeed. Okay. Let's, let's bring in Mr. McKenzie. A little note yes, to the background, McKenzie. I, I, have, I, have just, I have just one birthday to Faye McCallum in Jamaica. I wish him a happy birthday. Her birthday was on the 9th. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to express sympathy for the people of St. Vincent yes. and that volcano eruption over there. I know yes. it's going to be difficult for them. It's a very small country, but I hope there'll be a, a quick recovery to St. Vincent. And finally, Mr. Tendulka, he left the hospital the other day. He's home for, on, on his recovery, so we hope that he will continue and be well very, very soon. Back to you, sir. Yes, indeed. And um, I, I think you may want to just offer your sympathy to the Queen as well, right? Losing oh, her husband. Go. That's right. <laughs> Prince I'm, Philip. Making, I'm, making, 
I met him. I met him in Jamaica some long years ago. He visited us over there to the youth camp and so forth. Quite a genuine gentleman he is, and we wish the Queen all of our best at, at this time of bereavement. Thank you. Is it is it true that he was born in Greece? I don't know where he was born. Probably I'm not too sure. Okay. All right. So. What a very fine job. As far as I am, I don't have a birthday, but just want to announce that again, starting next week, we'll bring forward the Walter Henry birthday and anniversary hour to 6.30 p.m. And this will allow us more time to go to let our show flow our programming in terms of talking cricket. So folks, be aware of the time. 6.30, Virgil, is the time I'll call you because that's the time you usually ask that I give you a shout. So we're going to be 6.30 at 7. He will be ready. Okay. And we're having two special guests and one is an English and Spanish teacher. One is an English teacher, no, a Spanish teacher and the other one is a French teacher. So be sure to shout up your French and your, your Spanish and talk to them accordingly. Okay? Challenge him. Yeah, indeed. So, oddly, just to mention also that we are visiting funding for the show, of course, of you who can help in any way or help know someone who may be able to send us a few dollars to help keep the show in the air. After 10 years, you know, all uh, none of the panelists here is paid and all of us do it out of the kindness of our hearts and we, because we love the yeah, so I found that back in my mailbox yesterday. I will send it back to you. And that means that on Tuesday. Yes, that, it came back to me. That means that you have to double it. No. That, you could be right. Yeah. <laughs> <for> the <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you. Make sure you get the address, sure get the address okay. right this time. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> he put it in the back to the mailman. I apologize, I apologize, <laughs> Mr. McKenzie, I apologize. <laughs> well, I, I might have to find you for that, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. So, like yeah. we say, you know, send your, your contributions to the Cricket Show, P.O. Box, 1139 Crawfordville, Florida, 32326. Address again, the Cricket Show, INC, P.O. Box. 1139 Crawfordville, Florida, 32326. Or if you prefer, I, I have to look at that. I'll just try. Wait a moment, wait a moment, please. Uh, or if you prefer, you can send your contribution via PayPal and put in the cricket show at Comcast.net and make the necessary deposit via your checking account or your um, credit or debit card as the case may be. Again, the address is PO Box 1139, Crawfordville, Florida, or 32326, or PayPal. The Cricket Show at Comcast.net is the address for the email, and you can make your payments there as well. So that's it for me, Audley. Uh, Mr. Mr. McKenzie wanted to okay, say something. Um, I don't know if he wanted to say something. Before you come in, Mackenzie. No, just we we'll move on to other topic. Okay.
Then okay, let me, round okay. with what I, let me round with what I have with my friend um, co- and co-worker, Devon Williams. Mm-hmm. He's having a birthday tomorrow. He's having some birthday um, stuff tonight. Um, yeah, but he's have, his birthday is after tomorrow. So happy birthday to you, Devon. Another friend of mine, Earl Small. And um, you never find a more fitting name because he's a very small man. So sometimes I call him Earl Little. I say he's one of the same, small or little. So, yeah. So Earl, my friend, Earl celebrating his birthday. Uh, will be celebrating on the thirteenth. Another, and and they are right here in Florida. Uh, those two, the other two, they are in New York. Janice Gordon, uh, my good friend up there in uh, New York. I think it's somewhere in Brooklyn. And also Vincent Hill, yeah, he'll be celebrating on Saturday. Vincent will be celebrating on Saturday. He's up there in Queens, New York. So happy birthday to you guys. Yep, and that's what I have here for birthdays. So as usual, just before I leave, we just want to give a shout out to our, our friends all over the world. Uh, you're listening, whether you're listening from England or any other part of Europe, um, in Asia, India, I know for sure, and um Pakistan, Australia, wherever you are, um, right here in the U.S. of A., of course, and the Caribbean. Yep, we just want to give you a big shout-out and ask that each one tell one, and then, uh, you know, as we continue to discuss cricket, we like you to join in the conversation. Give us a call sometime. If you don't want to be on the air or you just want to, you know, just say something, you know, on, on the page or whatever. So we know that you're out there. We know that you're out there. So we just want to interact with us sometimes. All right? So this has been the Walter Henry birthday and anniversary hour. Join us Thanks. next week at a new time, uh, mm-hmm. 6.30. So, yeah, let me just play a song for all the folks who are celebrating birthdays. Micah is one. And we hope that it enjoys this tune. I like this tune. It's a Haitian group. Of course. And so we'll go through that as Leon will go through that. So that's it. Yes. Next week, John is a
have six thirty. You record? You're in. Hello. 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 This is Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Cindy. Cindy's on early. We we thought we were had you on air, Mark, for seven thirty. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, well. We have a break for a call, so we're going to take you, Cindy. Okay. Okay, hold one moment for us. Kathy's getting on, too. We have one more of us, Kathy. Yes, Kathy is supposed to be on, too. Okay, so... Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard Cindy. Cindy is one of our special guests, and Cindy comes from a group, comes in, right? She comes along with... Her friend and co-worker Cindy and Kathy Abraham and Cindy. Check Fleck. Am I correct in pronouncing that correct? Yes. Perfect. Welcome to the Cricket Show. And we are delighted to have you. We understand that you have been doing quite a lot of work in the schools. And we have a number of our panelists here would like to ask you a few questions. And you could tell us a little bit about yourself. In the first um, instance, and then we'll ask you a couple of questions if you don't mind. Absolutely. Do you want me to do that now? Yes, right now. You can go right okay. ahead. We have you. My name is Cindy Chapek, and I have had um, a cricket club at the middle school grade level for Ooh. the past eight years. And um, my background has absolutely nothing to do with cricket. I'm a Spanish teacher. And my mm-hmm. co-part, Kathy, is a French teacher. Uh, so we started our club about eight years ago, and uh, both of our backgrounds involved no cricket information whatsoever. So it has been a complete grassroots movement, and it's been very fun. We are really um, enjoying the whole cultural component of, co- of cricket. Indeed. And how difficult it is for you to convey to your students and, you know, most, I assume, um, are Spanish we as well. Have, we have a very diverse population. We're out of Aurora, Illinois. Um, we are the fourth or fifth largest school district in the state of Illinois. And we, uh, we've had changing demographics for probably the last 15 years. But we've always had a tremendous um, amount of diversity in our schools, but we have recently had an explosion with our Indian population. I think our school may be up to 40% Indian at this point, and Pakistani um, is coming up also. So um, we, we've noticed just by having the students and asking them at the beginning of the school year what their interests are, that we had a lot of students who liked cricket and who were interested. And um, it has not been hard to get a lot of kids. We have between 50 and 75 students. They are 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And we currently don't have any high school programming for cricket. It's just at the middle school level with us. So we actually get a lot of our high schoolers coming back to play with us and also to help uh, us coach. So we haven't had any trouble getting players. We have parents involved. We have a whole organized program of snacks of parents coming in to run drills um it's usually our season takes place after spring break through the end of the year 
and it runs about two months long, and we have modified the game for about an hour and a half time slots uh, after school. So we can talk about those modifications later if you yes, uh, would like. Yes, we're going to allow some of the panelists to, to touch on those, those uh, topics to mention. But I'd like to know, you know, how did you first thought of getting into this coaching of cricket and being involved? Um, this is how it happened. Um, a student, actually, a sixth grade student, went to our administrator and asked if they could start a, a cricket. They had enough students to play more of a street pickup game for cricket. Mm -hmm. And the principal put out a memo to all the teachers and asked if one of the teachers would sponsor a cricket club. And nobody responded. It wasn't that they didn't want to do it. It's just nobody had the knowledge of how to even play the game. So what happened was that administrator ended up telling the students, you know what, I will go out there just as somebody who's going to watch you and make sure that you're okay as an adult, and you can organize your game, and I'll just make sure everything is safe and goes okay. Well, that administrator did that for the last year of her um, career, and then she retired. So the kids needed a sponsor, and they came to me. And um, what had happened was I asked them why they came to me. I knew nothing about cricket, but I'm um, an avid scuba diver. I dive for the John G. Shedd Aquarium on their volunteer dive team. And they came with such a persuasive argument. They said, well, we need someone who can take a risk. And we decided if you can swim with sharks and take a risk in that fashion, you can certainly take a risk and be, and be our cricket coach. And, you know, as a teacher, how on earth would I say no to that? I couldn't say no. So I said yes, and then I literally spent a summer watching YouTube videos. Um, I was in Jamaica at one point. I went to my first cricket match. Um, and I, all I could think about was this game can be 11 hours long. How do I fit this in in an hour and a half time slot? So I started learning the basics of it by watching, watching videos, talking to people, and that's how it started. So for about five years, it kept growing, and at that point, I was by myself. That's when I called in Kathy. I think she's on. Um, and Kathy actually is married to an Indian man, and she had some knowledge oh, wow. about cricket, and she actually had a bat. So um, we really, we started from nothing. And then in 2019, I think, um, the newspaper, the Chicago Tribune, came and did an article on our club. And I don't know if Jatine is on, but Jatine Patel somehow found that yes. article or She's someone on. sent it to him. He's okay. very much on. So just, yeah, so Jatin contacted me and he said, hey, you have a huge group of, of kids. Do you want to be trained as a level one coach? And I said, oh, my goodness, no one's ever offered to help me with anything besides Kathy. And I was so appreciative of the fact that someone actually would give me some um, important information and rules of the game and train me on how to do strategy with the boys and drills. So that's how I started. It was probably, you know, up until 2019, it was just completely grassroots. It was Kathy and I just figuring everything out by, um, you know, the kids. The kids come. Most of them already know how to play. We have some kids playing and training with um, 
with some um, higher level people. We have three players training with Niraj Patel. I don't know if you know who he is, but he played for Gujarat. I think Gujarat, or um, he was a left-handed middle order batsman in uh, 2008, 2009. India, he's here now, but um, he's training three of our players right now. So the kids come in at all different levels. um, And that's how the whole cricket club started. So, we really only in the last few years have had some real wonderful help. I'm so indebted to Jatine um, for helping us. Last fall, we, we've been in a pandemic. We lost our season last year, and we've been in the pandemic. So this fall, we had a virtual cricket club. Imagine that. And um, it, we had to get very creative in the fall to, you know, provide some excitement for these students who have been inside for a year so we're playing now we're finally physically able to play but with masks i'm going to introduce you to one of our panelists he's a he's a commentator he probably wants me he hails from jamaica he he might have seen you when you were there so (laughs) oddly take it over uh, yeah, yeah, Leah. Uh, hi, Cindy. Good evening. Uh, welcome, welcome hi, to the program. Right. Um, one of the questions I was about to ask, you have already covered that comprehensively. That is how you get to know the game, you know, um, and, you know, I love the way in which you went about it, you know, um, because you're, this um, whole thing about coaching and, and, you know, training others was thrust upon you and um that's why i laughed when i heard about the um the, the, the way they approach it if you can swim with sharks well <laughs> you must can take the risk and, i mean that is a good one that is a good that's a good one right so um the other the, right the other thing i want to ask then is um i know for the time being you, it's just in this summertime uh, are there any long term plan to have some indoor facilities that um you know when it's winter time you can have some practicing, you know, going on, some coaching going on in the meantime, in the wintertime? Oh, well, we, we're a public school, so this is a club, and it's mm-hmm. not a club sport, so I want to distinguish between that. This is an after-school club. Okay, so, okay, okay. Since okay. we've had a booming population recently, um, we have just had actually a grand opening in the midst of the pandemic. A gentleman by the name of Nipun Joshi has opened up a center. It's called CMCE, and it's a cricket, it's cricket training center of excellence. He'll do some baseball training and those types of things. But he has opened up this year an indoor facility in Naperville, Illinois. So we have that that has just started so we're trying to get uh together to try to coordinate some you know some type of um experience for the students and they can become aware of their opportunities after middle school or during middle school and then of course um niraj patel is training people at the baseball we have a baseball academy in naperville he's training kids as well So right now, you know, we have some challenges because we only have this cricket club in the public school system. It's an after-school program. It's quite a pickup game. And if Kathy's on, maybe I can have Kathy explain how we modify the game to meet, you know, our time constraints. No, well, go ahead. 
Go ahead, speaking, and I'll pull and see if I have her on. But Jatin is on. Yeah. Jatin, you are feeling really nice Yes, I can add a few things here. Uh, we are uh, very good fortunate, uh, as the Cindy said, when she came out in 2019. That's where we introduced with this Nipun Joshi. He also came out one time on our radio show to talk about his ventures to establish a indoor cricket facility in the Naperville area. We also have about half hour away in the Lake Zurich, another academy, big one, huge facility indoor. It's a building up. And a good thing it's uh, going to happen next weekend. Next Saturday, I'm in Chicago area, the level two cricket coaching camp, and I'm expecting these teachers to come out because that is the opportunity for them to learn the next level game so they can help the students. But uh, I will say everything happens for good at the right time, and uh, the kids will have the opportunity to join this private academy as well as build their own team, which uh, they're already doing it for last eight years. That's a great success. And it comes to all outside coaches, not just myself. The local coaches have to step up and help this teacher and school programs so they can sustain and keep continue growing. We all care about more engagement and participation at the time. At the same time, make sure we have enough fun and good activities going so the kids can come back and enjoy the game. Let's welcome Kathy. Kathy, you're on. Yes. Most of the line yes, lights. Can you no, hear me? Yes, we are hearing you quite well. Okay. I'm saying, <laughs> I said, he has taken the limelight, so you better come and take some before all has expired. So, oh, welcome okay. to the cricket show. Welcome to the cricket show. Uh, oh, I'm thank gonna, you very much. I'm going to let Mr. Dennis Mc, uh, Heat ask your question or two. Dennis? Two. Good afternoon, please. Good afternoon to Cindy and Cindy Kathy. and Kathy. Kathy. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. Cindy and Kathy. And I want to say I take my hat off to you both for taking on this really enormous but enjoyable task from my point of view because I like the game so much. I think you ladies have done a wonderful job in giving up your time. Obviously, um, you enjoy what you're doing. My Question for one or either of you, two questions, so maybe you can, uh, one involved whether or not there are any girls involved in the cricket as you're coaching it right now. That's number one. And number two, um, Cindy indicated that this is an after-school club. To know if you're able to conduct any coaching or playing of the game during the regular school hours and how much gym time, if any, are you allowed to use for your sessions? That's my two questions for now, and I have others which I can drop in later. Okay. Um, so we have had, um, this is Kathy speaking, we have had okay. a couple of um, girls uh, from time to time join over the years, but they don't last very long. They're there for like one or two uh, sessions, and then they drop out Um because it's overwhelmingly, you know, boys, and as much as we try to welcome them in, they just feel uh, out of place, you know, at, at that point. So really, um, we haven't have figured out a way to get the girls uh, more active in the sport. Good. Okay. What about the after the the gym playing time? Are you able to coach during uh, 
school day and how much time if any do you are you allowed to use the gym for during these sessions oh yeah we we don't use the gym at all during the day it's only an after school program um i mean i am a pe teacher as well but um i'm not teaching those kinds of classes but our we do have uh the teachers do run a unit on cricket uh during the year um i don't know if it's like four weeks or six weeks but they do run a unit on it in uh, in their PE classes. Uh, interesting. I have other questions, Leon, but I'll yes, come thank back you. later on. Yes, we have Mr. Linford McKenzie. He hails out of Texas, and uh, I'm sure he has a very pertinent question for you, Mr. McKenzie. Uh, I, I I am going to go back more on your on your resources. The gentleman yes. that just spoke a while ago, Mr. Dennis East. He's one of my great friends, and you might, I, when you're doing coaching, you need some resource to, con- to conduct the game properly. There's a little book called The Laws of Cricket by the um, Cricket in England, and this gentleman who just spoke a while ago, Mr. Dennis Heath, could help you to get one that you could read and use as your resource. You will need that, definitely, to teach the kids a little more in-depth about the game. Next, the United States Cricket Association. There's a, there's a group of guys in, in, in your area. I don't know how far they might be over there, but we, we used to have a good team up there, some good players up there coming up to Chicago and the area around. So I don't know if you can lace with them in any way or the other. But please get that little book called The Laws of Cricket. And I really want to compliment both of you for taking part in the game. That little book tells you and gives you the rules of the game and extends your knowledge on the game, of the game. So that's a good thing for you to use. Next thing I want to ask you about, yeah, how questions. do you manage coaching these youngsters? What challenges do you face? Uh, Kathy, you want me to take that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, first of all, our biggest challenge is a time constraint. So, And we have a huge number of players. So what we've done to organize them is we have a lot of sixth graders, enough to make two teams. So we have sixth wow, graders. Wow, 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 wow. You have your hands yeah. full there. Yes. Yeah. We have sixth graders who play each other, and then we have a combination of seventh, eighth, and ninth graders who play each other. And um, obviously the higher level kids are, they're a little more sophisticated, but we do, we have some sixth graders who can spin the ball and they bowl. I mean, they're amazing. So part of our challenge is one is the time constraint. We have an hour and a half to two hours. So what we've done is we modify the game. The bowlers, we want as many kids to bowl. Remember it's school. So as much as they're highly competitive, we have to account for students who are just learning, have never played the game, and then we have players training with uh, Niraj Patel. So what we've done is we give the bowlers, we do about three overs, and then they switch uh, bowlers. So that way we can get a lot of bowlers in, and we run the batters 
uh, basically we kind of run it a little like baseball. As soon as we have three outs, um, we will switch and then we'll go out to the field and we'll switch. And when they come back to bat again, we stay in the same order. We, we, we come back to where we've left off. So we make those modifications in the game. And we also have a slaughter rule. Um, we've had to do this because we've had some students who can just crush the ball. We play in one of the bus turnarounds because it's round and it gives us a really good boundary for sixes. So we've modified the game. We, we, have, a, we have a slaughter rule of 25. If a batter makes 25 consecutive uh, points, then we don't call them out. We just make them go to the bottom of the batting order. So that helps us move the game along. Um, you know, it's middle school. So if a kid doesn't get to bowl or a kid doesn't get to bat, they're upset. We don't want upset students. So, um, and we also have a lot of kids who are just learning. So we'll tend to pair them up with somebody who's, you know, a little more sophisticated and understands the game. I'd say out of 50 new players a year, probably three to five only come in knowing nothing about the game. The rest are pretty, you know, they've played before. They know the basic rules. And um, and while we have the batters going, we will then do some drills with them so they're not just standing around uh, watching, but they're actually either practicing their bowling or working on some other skills. Okay. okay. Thank you. Uh, what, what Thank you. Thank you. Mr. McKenzie, hold for Virgil. He's taking his baby breath. Virgil, come on in, sir. Yeah, good good evening to you, to the two wonderful ladies. I am so happy and I'm so proud of you guys, especially for a person that coming from a non-cricket uh, nation, one is Spanish and one is French, and you guys take up that challenge. I, I, words cannot explain how personal for myself, I appreciate what you guys are doing for these kids because you don't know nothing about cricket, but you get in and you learn it. And I just said, Wanda said, you guys deserve a million medals for what you are doing. And I'm really <laughs> happy. And I don't really have no question, but I'm just proud of you. I, I can't say nothing else, but I'm just proud of you two guys, two, two, two ladies for what you're doing for the game of cricket. And you're getting this call from, you're getting this, Appreciate what I'm saying to you from the most beautiful island in the Caribbean, which is Antigua. Oh, I'm yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, we, we would like he, to go really there. Happy to you guys. Thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you. Did you hear that she said she would like to go there? You want to be there? I know, I know that would happen. <laughs> okay. At least you'll get to see one of the greatest Batman that we have here in Antigua, which is Viv Richards. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. and um, Cindy. Yeah, yeah this oh, is. I want to make wait, 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 Mr. McKenzie. McKenzie, Sorry. please. Look, I just wanted to find out if if you're both speaking of the, a foreign language. Are you intending to recruit? French players and Spanish players. Um, uh, we do. We have. We have some. Um, Kathy, who was? We've had a, uh, a French-speaking student from uh, one of the African countries. A couple oh. of them. 
last, or the year yeah. before last. Yeah, we've had a few. We we've got we have quite an international base of students coming from a variety of places to our school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think we get a lot of Spanish speakers. We've had a few playing cricket. Uh, one of the things that interest is interesting for me. My family is from Argentina. And oh. what I what I always think about when we're when we're trying to promote cricket is what would ha- what was happening in the United States in the 1970s for trying to get soccer to be a mainstream mm-hmm. sport. And my father was heavily involved with trying to promote soccer in the 1970s um, at the school age level, grassroots like. What, what's trying to happen in youth cricket right now in the United States. And I hope I, you know, we're, we're very excited about cricket too. It's a very passionate game. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, eventually what happened to soccer in the United States in the 1970s will happen with cricket in the next 20 years. It really is a fabulous game. And the, the students who have come in who have absolutely no connection to cricket and have played just love it. So um, I think it would be really, really an incredible um, moment if the the same, you know, pattern of sports induction into the United States happened that happened with soccer. It's very exciting. And the kids, there's one thing I have to tell you that I really didn't realize until probably three years ago. I was looking at cricket as a sport, and that's all I was looking at it. As yeah. I don't think I quite realized the cultural component to cricket until about four years ago. Um, it really has brought a community together at our school. And when I went to be trained as a level one coach with Jatine, it was coinciding with an end of the year function for the Midwest, uh, Northwest suburbs of Chicago culminating the end of their season and the the, there were 200 300 people there of families um, grandparents everybody came together to celebrate the end of the cricket season and it was just a beautiful cultural experience and one I did not know I was just completely naive to that cultural piece and it's really helped bring a community of parents together in our school and the parents come, they watch the games, they get together, they meet each other. It connects them to their child's education. And I didn't fully realize that piece of it until probably four years ago. We, we, we honestly just looked at it as a sport. It's much more than a sport. And that's why we have this show, because we love the game so much. And we do it out of the kindness of our hearts. And we're doing it to promote, educate, and inform people about cricket in the United States especially. And I'm sure one day you folks will go over to to France or to some other Spanish-speaking countries and find that there's going to be cricket being played there. And so you can um, involve your ladies and, and gentlemen over there as well. And you never know how far it will reach. The aim is to polarize the sport around the world. And I tell you, if that happens, it's going to be a great day in our books right here. Jatin, do you want to say something to the young lady that you had the pleasure well, of? Well, just let me update here. We already have the program in Spanish. Okay. I already have the manual in Spanish. 
And we have a couple of people in uh, South and Central America who can deliver entry-level and level one coaching for us, especially for the education purpose. And I'm definitely in touch base soon with Cindy and Kathy to look forward to looking into these other languages they know because it's all about bringing different language into our sport. It's what how it makes more people come to us and enjoy the game. And uh, definitely, as I said, next Saturday will be the level two and higher level coaching. It's a day-long practical camp. And uh, if Cindy and Kathy is coming, you will not be disappointed because this camp is only for 16 coaches. So we're not going to have kids. We're not going to have parents. It's all coaching all day. What to do? What are the things we can do? And what we can achieve in terms of uh, acquisition, in terms of the skills and technical aspect of the player's game. And we're going to discuss some of the logistics behind it. We call it the game tactics, how they play and what's need to be done. So it's, it's a beautiful, if you guys want to come out, it will not cost anything to you. We are well prepared on that side. But it makes a beautiful thing. More you learn, more you know you can deal with those students because the students are learning quickly and is our coach's job is also to improve ourselves. So that's all I have. I'm knowing this program and we were together last fall during the virtual webinars because of this <laughs> Corona. And uh, we are, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward this summer. If time permits, I'm willing to visit the school and uh, enjoy the kids what they're doing it, at least for a short time of activity, maybe game or half-day camp, something like that for the school. You, you ladies want to react, uh, respond to Jatin before we bring in oh. Audley? Go ahead. Kathy, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Jatin. Uh, yes, we'd love to have you definitely come. Um, uh, the kids are playing. We're playing until the middle of May, you know, at school. Um not sure about summer programming as it's, you know, just a club right now at this point. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how that would work. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a wonderful invitation. Okay. Audley, I'm sure you have another high-powered question for the lady. <laughs> not a lot. But there, there's um, earlier in, in an interview um, I heard – uh, one of the ladies mentioned that they, when the ladies, when the girls, whenever they come by, they, they feel like they're out of place and they don't stick around. It's usually maybe one or two. Um, I, I'm just wondering, have you ever um, tried showing up like a video? Right now, the Australian ladies are unbeaten. They have the world record surpass the men, everybody. Um, where ODA is concerned about 24 going, you know, and, and going. And um, so a video of the, the female teams, like Australians, the um, Indians, the, everybody, you know, come in and show, and show how well the ladies are doing. As a matter of fact, and to emphasize, because now the ladies in Australia, uh, their contracts, are, uh, they're getting equal pay like the men. So not that you just go out there and play for fun, but you can actually make a career are playing cricket out of it and so I, I think if you can get um, some circulation um, and to show that video or some videos it w could work as a motivating factor for those young ladies 
What do you think yeah. about it? Yeah, I yeah, think that's a wonderful that's... idea. We we have a um, a Google Classroom where we put up videos and, and things, um, so it's good to know about the ladies. We also have one parent uh, um, from last year. Um, I think she's moved on, but um, she was a player in India. I can't remember her name right now, but um, so it's, it's wonderful. It's just to get them to come first thing, to get that initial contact is, a hard, is hard as well, because this year not any female has joined. We, we have a challenge also. We have a couple of challenges with our club, and one of the challenges for the girls um, involves they want to play, but they want to have an all-girls team, which we tried. We tried. We said, okay, if we get enough girls to sign up, we'll, we'll run a girls team. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough interest. We have some issues whereby we have other sports happening at the same time. So um, girls' soccer happens during cricket season at the exact same time as well as track. So they have to make choices. Sometimes we allow them to go in and out. If you want to go to track one you know, Wednesday, you can. If you want to come to us one Wednesday, you can. And the other coaches are very flexible. Um, but a lot of them are serious athletes, and they, they need to make a choice to train in one sport. So we have that challenge because we're an after-school club. It's not an official club, like a premier club. So mm-hmm. they, the students have to make choices. We haven't had enough girls signed up to actually have two girls' teams. That has been an issue. But we definitely have some sparked interest. And every year I say to Kathy, I want girls, I want girls, I want girls. And I try, I do. I try to recruit right in my classroom. I always tell the girls, come on, this is too many boys for me. I'm tired of 75 boys. We need a little estrogen. So um, I we've tried, and I would love to try and work on that. That is one of our challenges. And our other challenge, of course, is, after middle school, they don't have an opportunity currently at the high school. I think they're going to work on it with me. Uh, but we don't have an opportunity for an after-school club at the high school yet. So we need we need a link. And one of the, I think, key components for getting girls and boys is as the collegiate level of cricket uh, ramps up, I'm sure these kids will want to try for scholarships to play so they can, you know, play in college. So I think it's, you know, we're starting at the bottom level, at the middle school level. We kind of, we need the next levels to beef up their game so the kids have a stepping stone to go to somewhere else. Right now my middle schoolers, they either have to go play out as a club sport or they have to find some local pickup games to play. So we don't really have an in-between where we are right now between a middle school opportunity and a club opportunity or even a high school opportunity. So we're working on it slowly, but it is. It has. We definitely have challenges, and, and you're absolutely right. We would love to have girls more involved. Just one follow-up, Eileen. Just one follow-up. Um, what, what I think you, you should try and persuade or encourage those girls that turn up. And I think if you're going to wait until you have actually two teams to play against each other, it may never happen. Because um, right. Uh, right, here, right here in the U.S. Open in Florida here, we have um, like under 14, under 16. And, and we have girls playing with the men's team. 
you know, and I mean, spinners, you know, <laughs> wicked keeper, you know, bowler uh, and stuff like that. So um, they can actually compete with the men and they just have to tell themselves that they know they can do it. And uh, I think if they get a little encouragement and, and just tell them, try it out. But if you, I think if you're going to wait for um, teams of ladies, then you may be having a very long wait. Right. And that was their choice, actually. We yeah. we wanted yeah. them. They did. We've had girls oh, okay. play right along with the boys, but, you know, they wanted that. And so we tried to make it happen for them. Unfortunately, it didn't. Okay. Cindy and Katie, we do have yeah. one gentleman here from Montserrat originally, but he played some cricket in England. He's Simon O'Brien, and he has some complex questions to ask you. Simon, am I correct in saying that? Yes, I just probably came on on the tail end of it, so I'd like to know a little more about your your um, speaker uh, before I can ask any questions. Yes, okay. I just um, came on the tail end me, of it. Let me get that to you in the background. In the meantime, we'll get we'll get um, Dennis to pose the question. Dennis, Hi, Cindy, come. or yes, thank you, Cindy or Kathy. Um, I know earlier Cindy indicated that the great majority of uh, her players or, you know, the boys she's coaching, you both coaching, were boys who had expatriate parents. And I'm wondering in that light whether or not you are aware of any American-born non-expatriate boys, whether they're maybe, you know, whatever nationality – any American-born non-expatriate boys of you know parents who are uh, you know previously natural-born Americans playing in there. And secondly, uh, a point that I wanted to follow up on: you mentioned trying to you know get the information to the boys about college level. The University of Southern California down here in California, where I am, currently have a college level. A sporting team that is supported by the university, and I think that's one area where you can perhaps look into to find out how their college level um, sport for cricket is organized and how it's going, and whether or not you know you could encourage the boys to look forward to something like that. But anyway, I'm really interested in whether or not the American-born non-expatriate children are actually involved in your coaching sessions? Uh, they do participate. They're, um, they're the minority, though. Um, so, you know, they could be of Indian descent or not. Um, we've had, um, you know, white American boys come alongside that, you know, play baseball, and they just love learning learning to play cricket. So, um, but it's a minority. Most of them are, are there because they have, you know, parents, uh, who you know travel back and forth to India or Pakistan, and you know they have the information and they've got that support at home. So most of them are are bringing the interest from home to our school. Uh, yeah, well, I would I say we have three. We probably have three players right now, or in the, mm-hmm. the last year, who have come yes. knowing nothing, absolutely no cultural connection, who have come to learn and. Their interest has been sparked usually because their classmates who they're friends with play all the time and they wanted to learn. So um, I think the boys do a better job. The kids do a better job recruiting uh, people than we do. (laughs) 
you know, they have friends who want to learn and they have no connections. So it's starting. We've seen it increasing over the years, which is good, uh, but it's still not huge. In a typical day for you coaching and playing, how many hours per day do you actually spend at this particular um, venture here with the boys? Uh, well, we split up the season this year. So we had a virtual season because we couldn't physically play due to the pandemic. We had six weeks of a couple hours a week with them. And now our regular season is outside. It's about six weeks, a couple hours every week. Okay. All right. Thank you. So it's not uh, a membership, huge amount of time. Uh, membership of the United States Cricket Association is open to uh, basically anyone who cares to apply. I'm not sure if you've been encouraged to apply for membership because it costs a minimal at the moment about $10 per year, but there are many encouragements for cricket academies. And as coaches, I think you would be able to apply for assistance through the organization because their mm -hmm. goal is to promote cricket. So maybe you should consider, if you have not yet done so, taking membership in the United States of America Cricket Association or Cricket America. Is that something that uh, you're aware of or considering? Uh, no, but we will look into yeah. it and do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were really appreciative of any help and assistance and ideas that we can get because uh, this really is a grassroots movement for us and um, and we we are so appreciative of any help we again that we can get. It's um, it's been a little difficult because of our lack of knowledge. You know there are times where things happen in the game and I'm not honestly sometimes quite sure what the call was. So I'll either make the call. And we argue about it for 10 minutes or we'll go back and redo it. So, um, you know, it, it would be helpful to just expand like the gentleman who just said the laws of cricket book. Yes, we need that. In that respect, that's also been a challenge for us. But we have enough high-level high level players, and when the boys come back from high school, to spend time with us, we, we put them right on the calls. So, um, you know, everything comes with its challenges. We're just doing the best that we can. And uh, we're a school associated, so it's, it's really about including and having fun and, um, you know, and, and providing some joy and passion because these kids are so passionate about cricket. So, um, you know, right now these students, after being – uh, in this pandemic and being taught remotely for a year, we're finally back at school in a hybrid state, but most of our players are still opting to uh, study remotely. Their parents are allowing them to come to school just for cricket club because we're outside and we're in mass. So um, there's a whole, you know, social emotional learning component to cricket club as well for us this year, because these kids have had no socialization whatsoever being being taught at home so um, it, it's providing more than just a sport for us at the moment we, Patty and Cindy we have a young lady out of Tampa she goes by the name of Jatsna she's a lady 
cricketer and coach. So perhaps she'd like to say something to you both. Jatna, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, hi. Hi. Hello. Who's, who's, who's this? This is ja- Cindy and uh, Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Where, oh, where Cindy and Kathy. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I heard you're playing with the boys. Is that what the conversation was going on I heard earlier? Yes. Uh, this yeah. year we are playing with all boys. In the past we've also had, we've had more girls in the past. This year, for whatever reason, we didn't have any girls come out to play. Oh, I see. Oh, sorry Perhaps to hear that, but yeah, I know the feeling. When I was in Chicago, I started playing with boys also because there were no girls to play. With. So, but then I started getting hurt. Um, they're so stronger than us women, you know. And then we didn't have all the equipment to wear, like a helmet and um, other, uh, like leg pads and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, I played for uh, India, represented India a long time back. And uh, now I'm here in Tampa, Florida, uh, promoting girls and women. Uh, to play cricket and um, so far I have six or seven girls playing uh, cricket in Tampa and um, coaching little boys from six to six to 16 years old group here in Tampa Florida and my name is what advice do you think you could give us for trying to get some more girls involved? We've had some really good suggestions um, coming from a woman. What what advice could you give us? Uh, the flyers would work properly. That's what we do. Uh, WhatsApp, uh, we send the flyers to our WhatsApp group, uh, some uh, Facebook, and uh, we go to universities and schools. Um, uh, that's all we do here. So it's kind of hard, though, because um, I don't know. Girls are scared to play with um, uh, the hard ball, the leather ball, I should say. Oh, oh we, don't, we don't play, play with we don't, a hard ball. We just yeah, use we tennis play ball. with a tennis ball. Oh, the tennis ball. Okay. Tennis yep. ball, yeah. Tennis ball, yeah. That's okay because that's how we had a lot of girls too. But then when they started uh, hearing, uh, started playing with the little ball, they start dropping. Right, and and we started playing with the leather ball, but we were very concerned. We're already playing on cement, um, and so we were yes. concerned, and we had some parents upset. So we switched to tennis ball. We have to for for safety. Yes. Right. Yeah, but mostly like advertisement and, you know, word of mouth that should work, uh, you know, family members. The one thing I suggest, Cindy, uh, one thing I suggest is to excite the girls to try cricket is the way to approach the other way. I will say you can reach out to the girls who already know the softball or wants to play softball. And the cricket gives all essentials they need to play the softball. If they can pitch the softball, they can definitely bowl in cricket. That's how easy it is. And then if they can swing the bat in the softball, yes, 
they can have a bigger bat in cricket. That's a huge difference, right? So there are certain right. things you can do and ask those girls, because if you ask the girls to come out just for cricket, it may be least interested to them. But if you say, hey, if you are not involved and if you don't have softball going on, and if you like to stay fit and do some practice, which can help in a softball also, the cricket is the game you need to try. And that is how you can uh, incite them, I will say, to come out and join. And uh, almost, uh, I will say, 80% of the stuff we do in cricket is definitely help them in baseball and softball. Right. I was. Um, I wanted to ask everybody a question who's listening. Maybe you can help us. Um, Go ahead. At the high school level in the United States, for high school, so typically to have a club at high school to become a competitive sport, you have to have a club for six or seven years, and then you're allowed to compete, you know, in the seventh year. I was wondering for my own research, how many high schools, I know there are some in New York, but how many high schools in the United States have an official competitive cricket team? Mm. Mm. Only within New York City limits, they have, I believe, about six or eight teams. I'm not sure on number, but it's a low volume. In Indiana, we have two of those, but they are not in a competitive environment yet. And then we have about three or four schools in San Francisco area, especially San Jose and up north in San Francisco, but none of them at the competitive stage. If you look at inter-high school games, the one you're talking between the two high schools, it's only happening in New York every year in the summer. Uh, Going Mm -hmm. back to your uh, uh, requirement side, which is the NFHS, which is the National Federation of High School Sports, they are the one deals with it. You got the right uh, approach, I will say. That's a good, uh, uh, I will say, pathway. You have to form the after-school club. Need to be in place for four to six years. That is the right, correct answer on that one. And then you need to have multiple high schools being involved playing inter-high school sport as a competition. It can be within the same school system, or it can be within the same county, or it must be within the state, because I don't think NFHS allows one state school team to play other school state team. Those are all at the state level at the moment. Uh And that's how the high school sports format is. But there is another avenue is definitely open. If you have more players, and if it is not from one school, we can combine high school and make a county team or something. It cannot enter into the NFHS high school sport because it's going to be a long time before they recognize or approve or uh, recommend this sport. It's not done yet, but meantime, you can form that team and can definitely involve in a lot of national level tournaments we have within U.S. Those are more of a community programs. Some of the teams are coming from the private academies. Some teams are coming from a youth organization, which are the non-profit organizations. 
And uh, that is the next step uh, I'm going to discuss with these two academy owners in Chicago area. When I come next week, both have an indoor facility. I'm looking for a break, opportunity, and chances for these young fellows from the schools who are in uh, Chicago and suburb area, which has an educational program at the moment. Uh, I think three or four school has a club level, like after-school club type, the one you're doing in Aurora. And that is what we're looking at to link up with those academy and to see if it can benefit two ways. One, using that facility at reasonable cost and being get trained through the adequate coaches. That's the one opportunity we look for. Number two, there are few students, I will say, who are capable or has a caliber to go in a competitive stage, and they can join those academies at reasonable cost so they can have more competitive cricket to play. And definitely the third one is, with their help, if there is something we can do where the school cricket can be possible, whether it can be the intra-squad within the school, or the one thing you're already doing it between the grade levels competition, or we can create something, the age-specific competition, like under 13, under 15, something like that. But uh, again, there is a lot of options. We need to think about it. We have to do little research, what it is feasible or possible, or what we can do next. But again, I love to see your work and the progress and we are here to help, that's for sure. And anytime you need me, you know that. You can count me. I will try to find a way to find the help for you. And that, that's the next step. We have, as I said, a couple of schools in Illinois, and now it's the time by next fall to bring them together so you guys can start talking within the other school administration or the school teachers and find something, what we can do or what we can start in terms of the inter-school cricket. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just want to announce that to the public that we speak with, with Cindy Fleck and uh, Kathy Abrams, two, two language um, coaches in cricket. And I, my question to you both, uh, where do you get your funding? I, wanted to ask and before you answer let me just also suggest that you um, look up for fixtures that are being played between um, ladies, ladies teams and point them out for for instance just recently they had the Australia versus New Zealand women's tournament which was a fabulous affair and oddly alluded to it but it can help develop your players a lot and they can learn techniques and the boys can learn from the, the young men as well too. The Cricket World Cup is coming up later this year as well as the World Test Championship in June in England. So the more cricket that these folks were to, to watch, I'm sure they'll gain some ideas how to develop their personal game. But my main question was, how would you do you get your funding? Is it from your own pockets or or <laughs> any help? <laughs> uh, okay, well, we don't have funding. So, uh, 
So when we started playing, we for five years we played with upside down recycling bins with stools on top. And uh, yep. So finally, I got a little fed up, and um, a Chicago law firm funded our first set of spring wickets, and then Jatine graciously gave us the blue plastic ones for our second match that happens oh. uh so the older boys and we actually we put two, we we still are playing with one good wicket by the batter the spring wooden ones and then we have the blue ones that jatine so generously donated to us um out by the bowler so uh and we just out of our pocket by tennis balls and we don't use leather we started using leather balls we couldn't do it so, and then we have Kathy had three bats from her son. She donated to our club and we awesome. bought, I think, two more. And then we have some, we have some really tiny sixth graders. So they still use the plastic, really light ones. Um, and that's it. We have a magnetic board with our batting order and we have a, and we had another donation for a score a flip chart with the score, the scoreboard. That's it. Oh, okay. And uh, no funding from governmental at all or fundraising efforts to to take your your, your boys and girls on a trip day when the this epidemic is nope. over. No, no. no. Yes. The parents donate snacks and uh-huh. uh, and their time, and mm-hmm. basically we do too. So. Um, there's a little stipend we get as teachers for it, but honestly, we probably spend the whole stipend yeah, on equipment every year. So. <laughs> I was going to ask about the parents' parental support because those are yeah. the main factors behind helping you develop your team as well. Right. I know. Yes. How 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 is that? Are they very cooperative? They help you quite a bit. In, the parents, yeah. In terms of recruiting. And in terms of, of course, bringing refreshments and the work. Oh, yeah. They all take turns. They send in, you know, we have 75 boys sometimes. So, you know, a parent will send in enough snacks for 25 kids, and then we all just share. And the last day, Kathy and I always buy everybody ice cream. And um, that's that's about it, little fun sustenance and some snacks after school. They need it, get a little energy. So, um, everybody is very, very helpful, very excited. We have a lot of parents who I know want to get out there and play <laughs> with them, which we probably should do a family game at some point. Um, but everybody's cooperative. Yes, and Mr. I, I want to make a donation. Yeah. And uh, I got a book here, The Laws of Cricket, that Dennis, Dennis sent to me. If you give the address to Leon, I can yeah, forward that. We'll, we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll, yes, we will. We will. I'll send yeah. out to you. Thank you. That's very nice. Yes. Thank you. That's very nice. Mm. And by the way, we are on this topic. Cindy, don't hesitate. If you have any shortage or if you are looking for any equipment or help, at least reach out to me. Most likely. Thank you. I will be able to come out. If not, I'll find a way to help you guys. 
Thank let you. Me, let me see if Cardinal w- wants to say something. We have a gentleman in the Virgin Islands, and he's usually a panelist here on Sunday. So just going to reach out to see if he has a question because he's a busy man. Cardinal, do you have a, any words for the ladies? Cardinal, no, well, he's not. How about you, Mr. Simon O'Brien? Yes, I'm here. I'm listening. Yes, I Can like I said to the ladies, I just came on the tail end of it. And as you said, I was um, born in Montserrat, West Indies, educated in England and played for a club in Middlesex. Um, my question for you is, have you played yourself um, this game professionally? And how did you get started in this game? Um, is that for Kathy and I, or is that from the lady yeah, from yeah. Tampa? <laughs> no. no, he wasn't on earlier on the show, and we tried to explain to him. But the question was asked already, so Simon, okay. so go, go, go on. We have not another. played for, uh, at all. Uh, I mean, I played okay. a little bit when I was in middle school myself, so that was about it. <laughs> Many now, how did ago. you get interested in the game of cricket? What what well, brought you to cricket? A, with the kids we got us interested. We, yeah. The kids came to Cindy for the club, you know, or mm-hmm. actually came to our administrator for the club for the first time. And then they talked Cindy into it, and then I joined a little bit later. Okay. Those are my two questions. And you all know, right. like I said in the show before, Anything to promote the game of cricket, I'm all for it. So if anything that we can do to help you, we will help because that's what we're here for. I love the game. I was following this game since I was three years old. I see on the show all the time, and it's a great game. I've played it, um, and I know that it's very good to develop um, youngsters, and um, it's a very interesting game. It's a great to like it. It's not such a popular game here in America, unfortunately, but um, we hope that it become a big game here in America. And as I said to Mr. Um, Mr. Patel, I hope I live long enough to see America with a test team, and that is my greatest wish, that I can see America produce a, a test cream because um, cricket here professionally, people can make quite a lot of money, if they want to make money from the game or they just love the game or want to play the game. So that is my view on the game, and I uh, wish you all the success in the world. Anything to good cricket, I'm for it. All right. Well, we love it too now. We've, we've come to love it. So, you know, <laughs> if you can have two more than middle-aged women uh, be excited about a sport they've never <laughs> even played and, and to see all the passion of our students. It really is very fun. It is so fun to see their excitement and their enthusiasm and, uh, and their love of the game. It's so fun. We really enjoy it. Leon, can I ask you? Yeah, we have, we have a caller, someone with an area code 717. You're in for Hi. caller. Hi. Hi, my name's Hi, my name's Frank and I just have a few comments I want to make. Um I want to um I want to speak on boofing my own chicken. So Yeah, Carla, this is a cricket show. Oddly, tickle.
Are you there, Liam? Was it? I, I heard like I heard like Virgil. Was it Virgil trying to say something? No, I, w- I wanted to ask a question, but somebody came on. Oh, oh, okay. So Leon is taking care of that one. So can, can go ahead and ask the question, please. Yes. Since two of you is from one is from one is from Spanish background and the French background, I don't know if you guys know or read up on a lot about um, the history of cricket in the United States because most people will think because cricket is played more in the West Indies and Pakistan, India, and all these other countries, Australia and England, everybody thinks that the um, United States does not have, uh, know nothing about cricket, I don't have no history. But as we read up on history, it will tell you the United States have more history about cricket than any other country in the world. So do you teach the, the kids about the history of cricket in the United States, especially where baseball comes from, where the president of the United States gets his name from, and all different history, and even the first international game ever played anywhere in the world between two countries. Who was those two countries? We, we don't. We're an after-school club, but I am well aware, according to what I've read, George Washington played cricket. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we had, when we had our virtual cricket club, we did do some cricket uh, trivia and some history there. But we don't have a formal education about cricket here anyway. Uh, I'm not sure if during our physical education classes in the regular school day, I don't know if in their gym unit they talk to the students about cricket or they just play it. But uh, it's a definite uh, addition we will try to make to our program because it is fascinating, and I don't know much about it, but I am aware that, you know, when the United States uh, was in their revolution and became a country, there was cricket being played here. And Canada plays it a lot, too. So that would be a good addition for us. Yeah, because I think most, especially American that born up there, they wouldn't want to get in. Some of them wouldn't want to get involved, but I think after they realize and see the history that, I mean, that cricket was played there where, where, where the first international game ever played, where the president get his name from, and then I think that will bring them closer and make them want to play because it's not a foreign sport to them. Maybe they don't know nothing about it, but when they, they, they read the history and know the history, then they realize it's not a foreign sport to them, and I think most of them would try to best to get more involved in the game. And I think that's maybe a good thing to do also, too. Yes. Thank you. Or we are back. Yeah. So, yes, Leah. Yeah, go ahead. Any other comments? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Back to you. Back to you. Um, to let, are you ladies aware of the, the IPL? That is uh, the England India Premier League. That is a, mm-hmm. a limited overs, um, well, competition that is being played in India, one of the, if not the best in the world. And that in itself would, is a exciting tournament I'd just like to recommend you folks to watch. Uh, I don't know okay. if you have mm-hmm. been aware of it, because Jatin knows quite a bit about it as well and where you can get this information, but it's one of the top-ranked, T20 formats, 
course, I'm sure you know about the three formats that they regularly played, the Test Cricket, the T20 and the ODIs. This is a T20 tournament which is limited to 20 overs. But excitement galore. And if they, you can encourage your students to watch these tournaments, they may just gain something to help develop themselves. And one day you may have one of your players going to to make the U.S. team and eventually, you never know, they may get a contract in England, they may get one in Pakistan, in Sri Lanka, in the Caribbean, or even in India one day. So that's my nice. I hope you. that happens. I will be the first one there if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else who didn't speak want to say something? Dennis, I know you always have a bundle of questions. We have some time left. Well, 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 certainly I wanted to. Uh, I'm not sure if um, Kathy and uh, and uh, Cindy, Cindy. Is, is, Cindy is aware mm-hmm. of the website address for the United States Cricket Association. Um, if not, I can just give that to you. Um, it's www.usacricket.org. Yeah. And yeah, we know that one. Yeah. You know that. Good. Yeah, we know that. We usually post for our boys uh, this year, our post, we only have boys, we usually post the games right now, we're at U19, uh, the tournament for U19, so we post for the boys from that site so they know all the times and which games so they can watch. They're watching. Okay, good. And I'm sure there are cricket, local cricket clubs within the Chicago area because they put out... uh, so yep, perhaps if you haven't con- if you haven't considered it, then maybe an affiliation with one of the lo- local club. Just join as a member, and there you can, you know, once you're a member in that local club, you can call on all of those guys there. Somebody would be able to volunteer to help you out more. So, again, it's worth uh, doing a little bit of research there and see if you can become a member of a local uh, Chicago cricket club. There are plenty of them available. Yeah, we have uh, Nipun Joshi yeah. and we have Miraj Patel there holding okay. us. Oh, mm-hmm. excellent, excellent. Just wanted to make sure that your your ladies are putting in so much time and effort, and I uh, want to make sure that it wasn't falling on uh, on their fears. But also going back to the coaching of girls, I know I've observed um, teams down here in Southern California where the girls are definitely incorporated into the team just as a player as opposed to a boy or a girl. You know, they're one of the team members and they do and play exactly the same as uh, as the boys and they're not treated in any way differently. So um, it, it is worth, again, trying once more to see if you can try to encourage the girls just to play. And as get a, a softball for them. That's hard ball. It's hard. No, no, they're, they're, they're playing with tennis ball. Um, that's right. Using tennis, tennis ball. ball. Tennis ball. Tennis ball. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that should be the the, the goal there, seem to encourage the girls to participate. We agree. Me, um, Kathy, do you want yes. to say anything special to the general public? Because what you are saying here now is recorded and it's in our archives and. You may want to share something with the general public. Uh, yeah, I would I would love to just thank everybody for 
having us on and giving us this flood of ideas and flood of information. We're always looking to improve our program. And um, we've been so touched for all this support and all of the help uh, because, you know, 75 boys and trying to coach a sport you know nothing about, uh, we need help. So we really appreciate it. We look forward to helping everybody grow this sport because it really is a fantastic sport on so many levels. So that's what I would just like to say thank you and especially an extra thank you to Jatin because he has really uh, been a godsend to us and um, he's been so generous with his time and his energy and his uh, guidance. So that's what I would like to say. Kathy, what do you want to add? Oh, that that too, especially Jetine. Uh, thank you so much for um, all your help, uh, especially during our virtual cricket uh, club. I mean, the kids just were so happy. It was the highlight of their week uh, to come to cricket club, and, and they still talk about it. Um, they talk about it. And I, I asked them last week, you know, how did you guys like, you know, I have some of my students in class, you know, that I know. And they love just that one day. We only had one day so far of cricket club, but they are so happy to get outside and play. Um, very excited. And we're also very excited to help support that. So thank you so much for all of your help. And we are so excited for you both. And I'm sure Jaden is smiling from one corner of his mouth to the next because you both call his name so cute. I've never heard anyone call him like that. We say Jaden, but you guys give him a... A little twist in it, and he's smiling. We're, we're using some Spanish and French pronunciation. Oh, yeah. Zetan, Zetan. Zetan. Well, it's a, it's a one, one day no. I think it's a syndicate of well, because when she met me first time during that event, and when I was involved with her on one-on-one coaching on some skills, I had a plenty of other coaches and parents and people out there. I think they pronounced my name about 20 times in less than an hour. So I think that's what you can catch it up easily, how these people are calling, right? So if the pronunciation is not wrong, it's only the problem comes with uh, true American people where they tone T like a T, like a H is leaning behind like that and that is a little confusing but no anyway it's a never-ending story here i never stop this reason i have to support people it's always ongoing and as i said life is all about learning and we join hands with the right people there is always a right track out there where we can find to meet the challenges as well as to overcome with those challenges and remember, Cindy and Kat, the door is open for your return. Whenever you have a need to do so, we will make it the time available for you folks to be on oh, the air. Thank you. Thank you very much. Energy. Indeed. Thank you so very much you. for having us. It's been very exciting. Yes. It was indeed a pleasure, and we hope that you guys will go on to greater things. You know, one day we may just say that the, your sophomore team is developed to the extent that you begin to have a country championship. <laughs> yes. Love that. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for coming on and God bless. And Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Indeed. Thank you so much. All the best.
All the best. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. Bye bye. Haven't gotten away. It's time for you to ask the panelists a question. Why don't you? You ready for it now? Yes, we are ready like ready. <laughs> okay. We haven't got, okay, we haven't got uh, much time. We've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> ready, ready, ready. One, twice, three. Getting close to your bedtime. Okay, well. Yes. I didn't hear Ivor. Is he with us on the show? He's listening. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, question for the night is, after I say greetings to all my panelists and friends and everybody listening all over the world, uh, question for tonight is, how many test matches did Darren Sammy play as captain of West Indies? I'm going to repeat it. How many test matches did Darren Sammy play as captain of West Indies? Mm. Test matches, not how many times he played. Matches played 15, as 15, captain. 15. Okay. No. I'm, I'm going to say about 28. Okay. And we are going to go all the way to Antigua to Virgil. Virgil, Virgil? what do you say? Oh. I'm, li- I'm listening. I'm, I'm the, the question is, test match, did he captain or played? No, uh, yes, captain. Darren Sammy. Captain. How many matches he played as captain of West Indies? Not for West Indies, as captain of West Indies. Um, Are you speaking test matches, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll say maybe 12. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm saying about 15. All right. 15. Yeah, okay. You and I say the same. Okay. okay I'm, and I'm what about I'm saying 28. I'll say 28. 28. What about our good friend... Dennis. From South, Cal- um, South California. I, Simon, I am, comple- I am completely stumped by this one. Yeah. So uh, but I'm you can give me a number. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a number out the hat. How about Jason? Jason is here then. Okay. Jason, how about you? Jason, 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 one. Darren Sammy. How many... Uh, let me guess, because this is not the player I normally track. But uh, let's see. I think I will say altogether. Uh, as, as captain, as captain. How much is that? Three zero. Three okay. zero. Okay. Okay, okay. I didn't hear from Dennis. Dennis, give me a figure. Oh, I, I, I claim that I am stumped by this one, Simon. I think you've all agreed today. Just call a number. Just guess. Just guess. I, I would say, okay, 15. 15. Okay. All right, so we're at 315. 315. Okay. 15. All right. Uh, that's it, Mr. President. That's, that's the whole panel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I'll reveal my answer. Uh, Darren Sammy played for, uh, captain for West Indies team. He played 30 matches, won eight, oh. lost 12, and drew 10. 
He played 30 matches as captain. He won eight, lost 12, and drew 10. Let me tell you the truth. Let me tell yes, you the truth. Yes, Today I just guessed it. Today I just guessed it. Because I yeah. know. Yeah, Mr. Patel was the closest. Close to, yeah, he said 28. He was, he was the closest. No, no, no. Said he said 30. I said, to, I said 28, and we played 20. 30. I know I played okay. 30 at this matches, but as captain, I was between 30 and 28, uh, uh, and I said, let's keep it at 28. Okay, that's The it. only that's thing it. I remember on the one statement I hear from West Indies very recently, like uh, Darren Sammy played some, I think, 38 or something, match and he was the only captain if you look at the percentage like 75 percent of the games he was captain so that's why i guess the 30 number okay mm, okay yeah that's very good but, but uh, you always have all the answers you know the, you you and um oddly always get the answers always get them Contest? That's what you say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, why don't you ask a question on behalf of the panel? I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear. Um, why? Why don't you what? ask Simon a question on behalf of the panel? <laughs> yes, Dennis. Ask me. A, ask me a hard one. How many balls make an over? Give yeah. me a hard one. Uh, one. <laughs> well. I think I will have to um, ask you, a, a, would, would it be wise to ask him an umpiring question, Max? You ask him anything, anything in pretend to cook it. Anything pretend to cook it, because you're educating us too, because we, we, we just don't know the answer and then know tonight. We don't have a lot of time, Dennis. <laughs> We don't have to just try to give me a very easy one. Ask a question. Well, what happened in the event of a bowler bowling the delivery from behind the umpire? I didn't get you. What happened? The question is, what the question is, what happens if a bowler bowls delivers the ball from behind the umpire? And the bowler and the batsman is out bold. Oh, he delivers the ball behind the umpire. Yes. From the uh, in other words, in other words, let me explain it more clearly. The bowler yeah. is running up to make the ball. Yeah. And he delivers the ball in his delivery stride from behind the umpire. Okay. So the the, the batsman is not able to see him. Is that visible to the batsman? No, no, no. I didn't mean that he's blinded. I meant the delivery. In the delivery yeah. stride, the ball is delivered from behind yeah. the umpire. Well, I would think I would think that the umpire would call it as a dead ball. If uh, if the okay. um, well, that's what I think the umpire would call it a dead ball. Why? He would more likely. You know, anybody would <coughs> like to take a shot. Yeah, because the the batsman is not able to see his his action because usually when a bowler is running up, 
The way I look at it, his delivery, his stride and all that, you know, his hand, and the way he pulls away from the wicket after he delivers the ball, you have an idea what ball is going to be bowling to you. If he's going to be in-swinger, out-swinger, let break, off break, you have an idea by his actions. That's how I usually pick it up, by looking at the, back, at the bowler's actions. Simon, hold, 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 from behind the umpire. Yes, I know that. That means that I did not mean that he, the umpire is obstructing the vision of the bat, of, of, of no. the uh, batter. The delivery oh. is made correctly on the side as normal. It's just that the actual delivery of the ball is behind the umpire, so the umpire, umpire. does not. Uh, yeah, the umpire does Instead not. Instead, he had delivery. 20 yards. He had maybe. 25 yards, because the umpire didn't, I mean, the umpire didn't see him, but he had 20, he bowled from 25 yards, and if he played to the ball and he's out, he's out. Yeah, how many times okay. yeah, yeah, so yeah, the Pollard does that regularly? Pollard no. does that. Mr. McKen- Mr. McKenzie? No, I, 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 that to me, he, he cannot be behind the umpire. He's, he's delivering the ball behind the crease, and I yes. think that's a that's a, that's a that is a legitimate delivery. Because yes. illegitimate or illegitimate or illegitimate. Legitimate. Legitimate. Okay. Legitimate. Okay. Legitimate. It, 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 Mark is saying it's a legitimate delivery. Is that correct? That's what he, he said. Legitimate. Yeah, that's what he said. Right. I think you have to deliver the ball between the batting crease. You don't have to go over the crease, no, for for the delivery. Some bowlers, that, that, that's one of the um, things some bowlers do. They use the crease, and some will deliver the ball behind the crease. Okay. All right. To put us out of our misery. Audley has a different take on the matter. Go ahead, Audley. Let me hear you. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I think I'll be... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you have, you have to be between the crease, you know, like the way, the placing of the, of the seat, especially the front foot and, and, and the back foot, you know, there, there's some, you know, specified place where you have to, where you have to be, I, I think. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I'm saying I'm right. I, I, I think that's, that's what's ringing in my head. Okay, good. Okay. So yeah. who, any other, any, any, any other offers? I, I think it's legitimate. I've seen Pollard does it, so I'm going by what he has done. So well, uh, right. it's a no ball. It's a no ball. It's a no ball. It's okay. a no ball. It's a no ball. Explain yes. why? Hmm? Explain why? Uh, just just what I said. What I said before. So, you know, you have to you have to deliver the ball within certain specified spots. You know, coming up to the with that, that popping crease. No. No, no, no. Well, no. well, hold on. My, my, okay. my, 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 my Mr. Umpire here, Ivor, just said it's a no ball. Well, 
I will grant you that it is a no ball, but the explanation isn't that. The explanation okay. is that the, ump- the umpire needs to see what you've done, what you do during the delivery, so that it becomes a no ball because you run up and deliver the ball completely while he's facing on. He has no vision of what you're doing. So it is a no ball. I have mm. to tell you that when I, I, as a bowler, when I was playing, I delivered that a lot as a stop ball, and he always got a wicket. But I had to tell the umpire, can you step back five yards or so, mm-hmm. so that when I come up to deliver the ball, the okay. umpire could still, could still see all of my action. Okay, so, okay. Uh, so you're right, he would call a no ball in that event. And so the yeah, would I'll just pick it back in um, I ever said. Yeah, yeah that's no, what I would think. Uh, I would think it's a no ball. So okay, well, it's a tricky. It's a tricky. Let me to add to that coaching side. In my opinion, it can go by. In a most case, it depends on the empire. It can go by. How far he is standing behind the stumps, Okay. And uh, number two, the main thing, if baller stride starts behind the both line, is okay. As long as That's right. That's the person right. ends up with the front foot into the box between the two crease or mm-hmm. close to the propping crease, and at the moment of the delivery, means the, when the ball is released, if there is a nothing left behind on the back foot, landed, I think you can go by. But it's, again, it's a tricky. It depends on the umpire who is. And the most important thing is their position and what they are looking for. If it is go too quick, you can expect uh, normal, I will say, less experience umpire will give you no more, 100%. Good experience, my scratch head and let it go. All right, but, let me give you this one, right? The ball, but they have to deliver the ball in front of the umpire, though. That's the yeah. Bowling yeah. yeah. behind yeah. the umpire yeah. is automatic a no ball because as we, um, you, um, Google will tell you when you go, it tell you exactly a bowler can cheat behind the umpire. He can chuck the ball, he can do anything. So it's completely a no ball because you ball behind the umpire, he can't see what exactly you're doing. I think we've already okay. explained what that. What that, that behind is... the popping crease? Yeah. As long as in front of the umpire, you can bowl behind the popping crease, mm-hmm. but as I said, yes. you can't bowl behind the umpire because you can't know what you're doing. Yes, and so you have to make yeah, sure then it's explained that. Why, as I've said, I've always asked the umpire to stand back away. Some umpires really stand very close to the stump. But if you intend to do that, then you ask him to step back so that he bow- he, when you're bowling, he's standing five yards further back or a yard or two further back so he can see clearly. And I find that when you deliver the ball from behind there in your normal court as a stock ball, you don't always use it every delivery, but as a stock ball, it comes to the batter shorter and slower, and he goes for his normal stroke, and inevitably he misses. So that, to me, has always been a stop ball when I was playing, and it got me plenty of wicket during those days. Anyway, that was a 
nice, happy little discussion there, Leon. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, that was a wonderful session and a wonderful session. And all good things must come to an end. And um, Audley, why don't you send us all home in peace and happiness, goodwill. Well, hello, Tay. We can just, um, we had a very wonderful show. Special thanks to our guest this evening. And um, we just Cindy and Cathy. Cindy and Cathy. Right, right. And um, and breaking news, just to congratulate Mr. Skerritt and and his um, deputy because they are officially they have officially returned now as president and vice president for Cricket West Indies. So we just want to congratulate them. And, um, we did it, we did it all... last week, Audley. We did it last week because we knew it was a good one. Go, sorry, guys. Okay. Okay. Good. Good night, Judge. Okay. Good night. Good night, okay. everybody. I'm sorry, I have good to go. Night. I have to go. Thank you. Have a great week. Good night. You too. Thank you, dear. So, good night, everybody. Right. So, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. See you on the radio uh, next week. Uh, yeah, yes, Leon. It was announced last week, but today it's official. No, it's no, official no, 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 today. no. So, oh, oh. Official, yes. Okay. It, it's official. It's official today. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we go, just let me leave you a thought because um, I know Leon is going to play a, a little music at the end here. So happiness, the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of our thoughts. So just remember, the quality of your thoughts will lead to happiness. Yes. So therefore, we should guard our thoughts accordingly. All right. So next week, join us. And of course, we'll be having the Walter Henry birthday anniversary at the new time, 6.30. So God willing, next week, we'll be talking again. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Good.